pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's the Justin Kinner Show, live here on ESPN Dayton. Well, we got a lot to get into today. Um, I figured we'll start with Ohio State and Nebraska. I mean, did you catch that Patriots game yesterday? Cam Newton really struggling, man. Yeah, man. Uh, what else? How about the Bengals giving up a 21 nothing lead? I mean, there's really not a whole lot else going on uh, in the NFL yesterday. Uh, let's see. Two good games tonight. Get to see Andy Dalton. It's a game on while we're on the air. Yeah. But other than that, there's really nothing interesting that happened in the NFL. World Series is set. World That's another great one. World Series. Week two of the OHSA State Playoffs in the books. Mm-hmm. Got to see Trotwood this past Friday. I mean, that's, let's just focus on that stuff. We really don't got time to get into the Browns today. Braves blew a 3-1 lead. How about the Browns improving to 4-2? and two, Still two games above 500. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. You know, that's it. That's our Browns talk for the day. Don't make me do it. Don't oh, make me talk Browns. Do oh, we're Don't do make it. me talk Browns today. All right. Um, so today's going to be an interesting show because I, I think I have to admit, like, I'm wrong on, like, so many different things. And it involves the Browns for obvious reasons. It definitely involves the freaking Steelers and, you know, maybe the Titans. Maybe the Titans, just maybe I might remember the Titans and uh, put them in the list of things I might admit that I was wrong to. So that's what we'll open up with. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash, and yesterday was the worst Sunday that I can remember in quite some time. In fact, the last time I was this disappointed and this angry on a Sunday was probably week one of last year um, when the Titans just literally took it to the Browns. And I'm like, oh, I'm never going to live this down. And I talked so much smack yesterday uh, or last week that I'm like, this is just going to be uh, miserable. And the whole time I was cussing Kev out in my head. I'm watching the Browns and Steelers, and I'm literally, I used every word in the book uh, to Kev. Luckily, he didn't text me at all during the game. Because I had it all, I I mean, non-FCC approved words ready for Kev uh, had he shot me a note during the game. Uh, But let's open up with that again. 457-9464, that is the number to call in and join in on the conversation. So much happened in week six of the NFL season. Week six still not officially wrapped up yet. Two big games tonight, which we'll talk about. The Cardinals, not really talk about, but we'll highlight them. I mean, the Cowboys and the Cardinals, Andy Dalton will make his first start um, since leaving Cincinnati. He'll start for the Cowboys tonight. They have the Cardinals. Cardinals in town. Dallas now a one-point favorite. Remember, the Cardinals were a one-point favorite when mm. we ended the week last week. Cowboys now a one-point favorite at home. And then you got the Chiefs and the Bills. Kansas City a five-and-a-half-point favorite. The weather uh, is supposed to be a little bit uh, messy tonight, so that yeah. could impact the passing game for both teams. So we'll keep an eye on that. But we'll get to the Bengals in a moment, but I can't shy. I just want to rip this Band-Aid off. 38-7 to was the final. This Pittsburgh Steelers just absolutely destroyed the Cleveland Browns. And there's one thing that we learned yesterday, and that although the Browns are 4-1 and one and had one of the best records in the National Football League and one of the best records in the AFC North, that gap that exists between the Steelers, Ravens, and, well, the Bengals and Browns is still so obvious. I mean, because here's the deal. The Browns had an opportunity yesterday to, to basically erase what had happened in Baltimore back in Week 1. 
And the reason I say that is because it's at the time, all right, at the time when they got destroyed by the Ravens, I'm like, man, this is going to be a narrative that's going to be hard to shake off. And then all of a sudden they go in this four-game win streak. They're four and one. I was like, you know, if they are even competitive with the Steelers, we're going to forget about that shellacking that they took back in week one against the Ravens because the, that was always the thing to go back to is the fact that the, the Browns, that's how they look against a good team. And they have beat four very average teams, um, below average teams for a few of them. Um, but with that being said, they faced a real team yesterday in the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it went downhill. It went downhill in a hurry. Uh, and it was the, the tone was set right off the bat, in which, by the way, I'll, I still remember they held Pittsburgh to a field goal right off the bat. And I was like, okay, that's a good start. Because I knew that Pittsburgh was going to move the ball between the 20s. I knew they were going to dominate between the 20s because the Browns' defense is not that good. It's just not that good. But they, they do have good secondary guys. I thought Denzel Ward played great at times. But it was just a, a bad team effort all around for the Cleveland Browns. They held them to a field goal. And then the first passing play, the first drive of the game, a pick six. Not just an interception, but a pick six. And I'm watching the energy of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they're jumping up around. They're jumping up and down. They're leaping all over the place. They're excited. They are talking smack. And they gave Cleveland a, a dose of their own medicine. But the difference is, is when you talk smack, you better be able to back it up. And the Cleveland Browns cannot back it up. They did not look confident. They did not look like a team that was ready to roll in to prove that they deserve to be in this conversation. Like, that's the problem I have with yesterday. Yes, the final score. Yes, the way Baker played. Yes, the fact that they absolutely got embarrassed in a game that there were more eyes on that Pittsburgh Steelers-Cleveland Browns game than any Pittsburgh-Cleveland Browns game in recent history. There were a lot of eyes on that matchup. And a lot of eyes were to tune in to see if the Browns were for real. And a lot of eyes were tuning in hoping that the result was what it ended up being. And that was a total shellac of the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. So, uh, and already a great rhyme here. I mean, we're getting great uh, comments already. Trey Green says, Baker, Baker, the interception maker. So, I mean, thanks, Trey, for that. I mean, that was, I, I can't argue that right now. I mean, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. I can't defend anything. But Cleveland disappointed me yesterday and a lot of Browns fans because at the end of the day, this was a situation where they had a chance to prove themselves and all they did was prove that even at 4-1, and one, they are still the Cleveland Browns. Even at 4-1, and one, they are not the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not even in the same ballpark. I even said, they lose 31-28 or 45-42 or you know 41-38. They lose by a field goal or a touchdown, a late touchdown. They still got the respect of everyone in the National Football League at that point. They would have everyone's attention. I think they were on the brink of having everyone's attention after the 4-1 start. Yeah. Now I think they lost that attention. And now it's up to Kevin Stefanski. Now it's up to Baker Mayfield. Now it's up to OBJ and Jarvis and the leaders in that locker room. And I am hesitant to call those guys all leaders. But they are the main cogs in that locker room and that wheel of what is supposed to be success. It's up to them to pick up where they go from here. They're lucky they have the Bengals coming up. They're lucky that they have a bad team coming up that they can at least take out some of their anger on because at the end of the day, this is something that can spiral. And if you go and lay an egg against Cincinnati, that's another problem. That could be another huge issue. Um, But I don't anticipate that happening. But yesterday, I started thinking about who's to blame for this. Who is to blame for this entire situation yesterday? Because that's what we do. We play the blame game. And for one, I will say this, because I do talk a lot of smack, and uh, I think that you will believe me when I say this, Kev. I've had Pittsburgh in my top five for weeks yes. now, to be fair. Yes. They're that good. 
They really are that good. Pittsburgh is that good. Cleveland is not that good. No matter how many, and folks just hear me, no matter how many times Kenner tries to tell you the Browns are legit, <laughs> my definition of legit is a lot different than most, okay? Uh, the, the Browns are legit for Browns standards. Like, they're, you know what I mean? Like, they're pretty good for a Browns team, but they are nowhere close to Pittsburgh. Um, holy smokes, man. That defense. And that defense is what kept them at 8-8 eight and eight despite the, you know, stand-up comedy act that was uh, Mason Rudolph at quarterback last year. That defense is for real. Uh, Claypool, big fan of his, as much Ooh. as it pains me. Um, as much as it pains me, big fan of his. Uh, and as he keeps developing into a star, that's what's allowing Juju Smith-Schuster to still have a very good year because, as we've talked about, I think he's one of the top number two receivers in the league. And if Claypool takes over that role as the number one receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster then becomes very comfortable at his role, which is the number two. And then Pittsburgh offense look out. James Conner, still think they can upgrade at running back, but he's a thousand-yard back guy, and it's not like they are a team that's relying on him to be the main point of that offense. They just need a steady run game, and they have it. So I say all that to say, hey, I'm giving Pittsburgh credit. I'm not taking anything away from them. So when I tell you who I blame for yesterday, it's not taking anything away from Pittsburgh. I don't. I think the result would have still been the same, but I don't think it would have been as drastically different. The Cleveland Browns had an opportunity yesterday to do the right thing, and the right thing was to not start Baker Mayfield. Not because of what ultimately happened. All week, he's had that rib injury. I'm not making excuses. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. All week, that and the rib injuries are real for quarterbacks especially. I mean, Baker, the thing for Baker is his entire presence on the field, everything has to be perfect. Everything has to go perfect. The defense has to play every, I mean, you could say that about any quarterback, but for Baker, the margin for error for him is so slim. There's a reason that that whole time that they went 4-1, and one, he only threw two interceptions during that stretch. And then you see when he does start, you know, just handing the ball off left and right, or, you know, throwing interceptions left and right, he's a completely different team, or the, the Browns become a completely different team. But Kevin Stefanski knew that the margin for error with that offense is so slim, that everything has to go just right, that everything has to be just perfect for them to be just good enough to win football games. And you knew Baker was hurt all week. And you knew Baker wasn't healthy going into that game. He was cleared by doctors to play, but, I mean, he was extra padded up. He was taking injections before the game. He was not 100%. So in a must-win game, as much as I love Kevin Stefanski, and I'm not blaming him and saying that he's the reason why this Browns team is not that good – I'm just saying he made a mistake yesterday by starting Baker Mayfield. They knew how important that Browns game was yesterday against Pittsburgh. Maybe not even necessarily from trying to get a win standpoint, but from not getting your crap, not getting the crap beat out of you. How about that? They should have never started Baker Mayfield. Case Keenum should have been the starter for yesterday's game until Baker was absolutely 100% healed up and ready to go. If you want to take a chance against a bad team like the Cincinnati Bengals with average to bruised ribs for Baker Mayfield, more power to you. Because you're going to win that game not because of Baker, but because of the run game. But you knew Pittsburgh was good enough to take your run game away and that you were going to have to rely on some kind of of some kind of pro, uh, progress or some kind of production from your quarterback. And the Browns did not get that. And the only way you get production from Baker is when everything is perfect. In, in Pittsburgh, you knew they weren't going to make it perfect for you. You knew they were going to be coming in hot. They told you all week that they were going to be coming in and bringing the pressure and bringing the heat on. And they, they talked about the kitchen and everything. <laughs> so Kevin Stefanski made a huge mistake. Baker Mayfield is not one of those quarterbacks that is good enough like an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady or a quarterback that has gained the respect or has done enough to say, even when not 100%, they're going to bring something to the table that's going to put this team in position to win. Even when Baker's healthy, even when he's 100%. Everything has to go just right for him to be, per, you know, for him to be even able to produce. 
So what makes you think that against a team like Pittsburgh, not 100%, not able to throw, not as accurate, not as, you know, he was worse than usual because of his worst, why would you start him? I'm not saying that's the only reason they lost, but the tone set, like Baker was not his typical Baker self. Because he wasn't Baker Mayfield yesterday, and I'm not saying that he's this great guy, any other, great quarterback any other day, but everything has to be just perfect for him. And it wasn't perfect even heading into the matchup with those ribs. He should have not started. It's not like a situation in Pittsburgh where you need to force Big Ben to play because you have Mason Rudolph behind you. You have Case Keenum, who honestly... When health, when bake, you know, you can't really tell the difference between the two. Case Keenum has maybe a bigger arm that can maybe make some more plays in this offense. The Browns screwed up. Baker should not have started. He should not have played yesterday. They should have just said, listen, we know that you're probably capable of going, but we need to make sure that we get this game. And we're not benching you, but we are starting Case Keenum for this game until you're 100% healthy because we can't afford to lose you up here moving forward. And not only did they possibly lose him moving forward because of his ribs, they probably lost him up here mentally moving forward. Kevin Stefanski botched this entire thing, and I'm not a, I love Kevin Stefanski. This isn't even that big of a deal, but I do blame him for yesterday, the game spiraling out of control because Case Keenum should have been the guy with Baker not being 100% heading into that matchup. I mean, that's why you pay him that big money in for a backup. You know, you pay him to be available when your starter isn't available. But we said this on Friday. There was no way in the world Baker was missing this game. You know, he came out with the whole line of mama didn't raise a sissy and all that type of stuff. We know Baker's tough. We know that. Like, physically, he's tough. He's going to give it a shot. Um, but ultimately, the thing is, man, he's just he's a game manager. And I know people will go back to, well, man, look what he did as a rookie. Look what he did as a rookie. And I'll say, look what RG3 did as a rookie. Once these teams and these professional coaches get tape on you to know what you like to do, what you don't like to do, more importantly, they're going to force you to do what you don't like to do. And they force Baker to read the defense. And that's something he doesn't want to do. He wants to go one, two, uh uh-oh. If one ain't open and two ain't open, he's going to throw it up for grabs. And, you know, the first one, the first interception that Minka Fitzpatrick had for the pick six, you know, uh, the wife and I just literally just walked in the door. Like, they, we went to Bob Evans to grab some breakfast and everything, a late start to our day, and uh, we just walked through the door. So we missed the uh, open the drive for the Steelers, holding us to a field goal and everything like that. And, uh, you know, we get there, we get our food, we're getting sitting down. You know, we're house divided. I'm a Steelers fan. She's a Browns fan. And he threw that pick six. She grabbed her food, went to the bedroom. Didn't see her until, like, 4.30. <laughs> That's how it went. Now, that one was bad. But, I mean, you know, a caliber defense of the Pittsburgh Steelers and a free safety like Minka Fitzpatrick is going to make plays on the ball. He was playing buzz coverage. He buzzed underneath it. He picked it. Pick six. It happens. Shoot, Aaron Rodgers threw pick six yesterday. It happens. But the interception that people should be more upset with is the second pass. He literally threw it up for grabs. That was unacceptable. The first one, hey, man, things happen, man. You're playing up against a great defense. Well, when you throw it up for grabs with three Pittsburgh Steelers around one receiver, that's what's going to happen. I mean, you can do, throw it up against three defenders on any team in the NFL. Unless you got Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson back there about to have a 45-inch vertical, it's probably going to get intercepted. So those are the plays that people need to be more upset with. Also, you know, the second the second rollout, and we talked about this on Friday, 
He's not going to be able to roll out the pocket on teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Ravens and cut the field in half because of the edge rushers like Watt and Bud Dupree. And when they smacked Baker on that second rollout, and it was only, at that time, it was only 17 to nothing. I was like, that's game because he's not going to step up in the pocket no more. He's hurt. He, I'm not going to call him scared, but he's hurt. He's banged up. He's not all that adrenaline to get ready for the game is gone. It got knocked out of him. A quarterback like him has to stand tall in the pocket a la Drew Brees. Drew Brees and him are the same height. Him and Russell Wilson are the same height. You have to stand in the pocket and be brave. But once you get rocked like that after your ribs are already rocked the week before by the Colts, you get tentative. You start hesitating. You get happy feet. And that's what happened to Baker Mayfield yesterday. All right, four five seven nine four six four Browns fans, I want to hear from you. The Facebook feed, everyone who's commented in, we're going to get to your responses when we come back because a lot of good ones here. Uh, a lot, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, Baker, that was his last snap as a Brown. I mean, there, there's a lot of overreaction, but a lot of very deserving criticism of Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. And, folks, me bringing up the rib injury, that's not an excuse. That was, You know, that, that's not the excuse for yesterday. That was the reality of yesterday. Because Baker's question, even when he's 100% healthy, He's erratic. You have to, you're concerned about him already when he's 100% healthy. But when he's not healthy, he's not one of those you can give the benefit of the doubt to and say, can he overcome it? Because you ask that question when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And when he's not healthy, now that's even more of a... Like, so Kevin Stefanski should have pulled the plug on him on Friday and say, look, it's nothing personal. We just can't take any chances. This is a big game coming up on Sunday for both teams. It was a big game for both teams. Because I said last week, Steelers, you don't want to lose to Cleveland because Cleveland, there still is that aura about them that it's embarrassing when you lose to Cleveland. It, bottom line. And Pittsburgh needed to prove that they are one of the top teams in the NFL. And they definitely did that yesterday. They definitely did that yesterday. Cleveland needed a win, yes, but I thought that Cleveland can lose yesterday in a close one and we still looked at them and say, okay, they're for real. Right, Kev? Like, if they lose 31-28 yesterday, we're still talking about Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, they're for real. We're not doing that today. Because the only two elite teams that they've played, which the reason that matters is because that's who you run into come playoff time. Right. If the Browns make the playoffs, that's who they're, that's the, that's how they're going to exit the first round. Yeah, because there's only one bye this year. Well, going forward yeah. in the NFL. That's how you're exiting the playoffs if you're the Browns. So the caliber of teams that, you know, we, we all think that KC is going to be there. Um, basically, it's, it's up for grabs. It's KC, it's the Titans, it's the Steelers, it's the Ravens trying to get that first round bye. But think about the teams that aren't going to get that first round by. One of those teams isn't going to get the first round by. So potentially you could be playing one of those teams in the first round of the playoffs. All right, four five seven nine four six four Browns fans, load up the phone lines. We'll get back to your responses when we come back. Don't go anywhere. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash when we come back. We are back. Justin Kenner, Kev Nash with you here on a Monday. I hope everyone had a great weekend. We are off and rolling, talking plenty of NFL. We're going to get into some Ohio State stuff coming up here around the corner. Finally, Ohio State game week. They kick off their 2020 season coming up on Saturday. Uh, Here's the deal. Speaking of Saturday, Ohio State kicking off this Sunday. uh, Keith Byers and I will bring back the Sunday morning tailgate show. We'll be live at Frickers on 741 by the Dayton Mall. The Sunday morning tailgate show presented by Frickers live at Frickers every Sunday morning at 11.30. 
11.30 a.m. We'll walk you right up to kickoff for the day's big NFL games. And, of course, the Browns and Bengals uh, go head-to-head coming up this weekend. So we're excited about that. And that's how we'll kick off the Sunday morning tailgate show. This Sunday, we bring it back. Heath Byers and I, College Football Hall of Famer, will be live at Frickers on 741 by the Dayton Mall. So come hang out with us every Sunday morning as we, of course, look back at the biggest games in college football from College Football Saturday and get you set for the big day's worth of games uh, to kick off that week's games of NFL action. So, this Sunday, Sunday morning tailgate, 11.30, Frickers by the Dayton Mall. All right, so we're back into this Cleveland Browns discussion from yesterday. Just an absolute train wreck. And, uh, again, that with the way Pittsburgh played yesterday, the way that offensive line played yesterday, it doesn't ma- matter if Baker Mayfield's ribs were healthy or not. It was going to be a long day at the office. However, I do think that because so many things have to go so perfect for the Browns to play well, that you already knew Baker, who things have to go so perfect for to begin with, you already knew he wasn't going to be himself more than usual because of those ribs. And if I was Kevin Stefanski, I would have ripped the Band-Aid off and said, man, look, we need you 100%, 100%. Not like, you know, so when doctors come out and say he's cleared to play, that doesn't mean he was 100%. So on the reports I read on Friday, and of course everyone has their magical reports. I'm seeing David Shaw. The reports I read said he was, okay, great, great for you. And the David Shaw show, use that report to talk about how you were right and whatever. But again... They should not have started Baker on Sunday. If you're playing a bad team like the Bengals and he's not 100%, you could maybe get, especially with that pass run, you get away with playing the Bengals with maybe 80, 85% ribs. Not the Steelers, though. And the Steelers smelt blood in the water. Uh, and that offensive line that's been fantastic all year, one of the best in football, just it's like they, they weren't ready to play. I mean, Pittsburgh's that good, don't get me wrong. But that offensive line, there's not a lot about Cleveland. You could sit there and go to, go to bat and say, oh, they're that good. That offensive line is that good. They were not that good yesterday, um, and Pittsburgh just absolutely took it to them. Um, so let's go to the Facebook feed. Doug Morgan says, if Baker doesn't start and his team's and his team knows he could play, there is no way that you don't start your guy. He is who he is. What you saw yesterday is who Baker is. Had nothing to do with the ribs. I disagree. I think it had a lot to do with the ribs. I'm, you know, with the way the offensive line and a lot of the, the way the offense went yesterday, play, Pittsburgh took the run game away. Pittsburgh attacked that offensive line, um, but there was a lot. That that Baker could have done. We saw the best drive of the night was the only touchdown that the Cleveland Browns were able to put up on the board, and that was at the end of the second half. But, man, Baker couldn't even roll out. There was a lot of plays throughout the year where they're rolling him out to his left. They couldn't do that. They were very limited on what they can call yesterday. For one, because of the blitz attack, too, but because Baker was not able to roll out and they weren't able to take advantage of the plays that have been working all season. That's what happens when you go up against real defense and not the Cincinnati Bengals defense and not <laughs> not the Dallas Cowboys defense uh, as far as that is concerned. Uh, Shane Sheridan says, wouldn't it have mattered who the quarterback was with the way the line played? That's why I touched on that, too, saying absolutely. I mean, it wasn't just one particular thing, but I do I do wonder if the rest of the team have sensed, oh, man, we don't got a sh- chance today if Baker's not 100% and not able to do what we need him to do. Again, we're not asking him to be Tom Brady, but they definitely need him to be mistake-free, and he was not mistake. I mean, he wanted to get rid of that ball from the very beginning. <laughs> he didn't want them ribs hit. He did not want to get hit. And for anyone out there to question his toughness, the guy's not afraid of getting hit. He steps up. He he is one. In fact, his biggest strength is his biggest weakness. He lives in that pocket. He doesn't like to leave the pocket. He gets ripped for staying in the pocket too not too long and not trying to extend plays. Kev, like you get you get mad all the time. You talk about how he holds onto the ball too long. The guy's tough. He's not afraid to get hit. Yeah. You know when you're afraid to get hit when you already have damaged inventory. And he did this past Sunday. Yeah, and the res was tender, and you know Pittsburgh put it on him. You know uh, I got a clip of one of the hits that. But the pre-laid on him, man, and after that, it was Rap City, man. And, you know, I know we're going to touch on 
OBJ a little bit later on, man. But I want to go out there and say it from the jump. I had absolutely nothing wrong with OBJ's quote-unquote attitude on the sidelines. Um, when they got down um, 17 to nothing, he was trying to fire the team up. And this is coming from a person who's not an OBJ guy. Uh, I know that some parts of the media try to, you know, look at him. Look at him. He's doing it again and everything like that. I didn't see that. I saw a dude trying to get his guys back into it because if you really watch the game like I was watching the game, uh, at the 17 nothing mark, the defense was playing good for the Browns. You know, um, I, I, obviously the opening drive held to a field goal, pick six, and then the Steelers scored a, 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 on a drive. You're not going to hold the Steelers scoreless. So technically the offense only scored 10 points. So in OBJ's mind, he's like, look, man, all we need to do is score a touchdown. We right back into the game. So he's trying to fire the team up for the for the rest of the game. But once they got down, what was it, 24 nothing? It was a rap city. Ain't nobody coming back. This is this is the NFL. This isn't college football where the clock stops every first down and stretches everything Close out. Close your ears, Bengals fans. Uh, Twenty-one, nothing. Twenty-four. I said twenty-four. Oh, that, that's true. <laughs> you could tacked on just one more field goal, Bengals fans. You would have fit Kev Nash's the theory of it. Four five seven nine four six four. Real quick, we'll go back to the Facebook feed again. Uh, Tyler Fife on Facebook says we were up twenty one nothing. Now he's talking about the Bengals. He's saying he doesn't want to hear me talk about disappointment with the Browns because he goes we were up twenty one nothing and we still lost. Don't talk to me about disappointment, Justin. I mean, again. You got excited because your team was up twenty-one nothing, but your team's not good. So of course you were always there was always a chance that the that the Colts were going to come back. All right, you, you know it's not the same thing. Like the the Brown the Browns were definitely disappointed yesterday. The Browns should be more disappointed in their performance yesterday than the Bengals because somehow the Bengals found a way to get a big lead somehow some way. Uh, but four five seven nine four six four. Let's go to Jake. Jake, kick us off, man. How are you? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. I think I'm done with Baker, and let me tell you why I'm done with Baker, and I'm a Browns fan. I gave Andy Dalton so much crap, and Baker Mayfield reminds me so much of Andy Dalton. They manage games. They're not going to win you big games, and that's just it for me. It's just this is a very talented team. I do think we miss Chubb. I do think that Teller was missed. I think Teller sets the tone on the offensive line. But I'm just I'm done. We need we need I guess Keenum maybe. I mean let's not act like Keenum's Joe Montana sitting on the bench though. I mean that's definitely not. But I don't I don't think it's much worse than what's in the game either. So with what you're saying, and by the way, it's something I'm going to get into coming up around the corner, but I'll touch on it now since you bring it up. The Browns have a huge decision to make coming up because they need to decide if how much how much longer they want to be married to this Baker Mayfield ex, you know experiment because this roster is actually good enough to compete for this division title with the right quarterback. If you if you had a Cam Newton, if you had a capable quarterback out there that has Jarvis and OBJ uh, and Hooper in this run game and this offensive line, there's no question that this roster is good enough to compete with the Ravens and, and, and with Pittsburgh. Now, yesterday, Pittsburgh just absolutely just, I mean, swiped the heck out of them. But um, I'm kind of with you. I, I don't know where the Browns are at mentally when it comes to Baker, but they need to decide because I think it's easier to replace the quarterback and they would be a, a sexy landing spot for a lot of quarterbacks out there who will look at weapons. I think it's easier to go out and get another quarterback for Cleveland right now than it is to just sell all the pieces away and try to rebuild around Baker. I think that would be foolish if you're the Browns. 
I agree. And the things that I look out there, and, and this probably will never happen, but the one thing that might be doable is get a guy like Matt Ryan. who is That's a, who I brought you up. On a bad, I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. But he's on a bad team. Um, and look what he did with a similar offense in Kyle Shanahan. You know, they ran the ball with uh, Freeman and Tevin Coleman. You know, he had the receivers, which the receivers are there. There's a decent defense. It, it, something's just got to give because it's just like you said as well. What the Browns are going to do is make the playoffs and then get stomped in the first round, and then they're, they're going home. Hey, and I'm fine with it. I mean, the, making the playoffs, just make the playoffs. Um, that's fine. I, I don't want them to get embarrassed. But right now, the, what we've seen, uh, Jake, is the first two elite teams, which are, the, again, they, they make the playoffs, it'll be a lower seed. And you're going to go up against a team like Pittsburgh. You're going to go up against a team like Baltimore. Uh, you know, possibly the Chiefs. You don't know. I mean, so the bottom line is is they, they got a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do. And it's not just Alon Baker. That defense needs some work, too. Pittsburgh just made, I mean, made it look easy moving the ball up and down the field. But obviously, Baker's interceptions, they didn't make him work for it that much either. The wrath of Freddie Kitchen. Thanks for the call, guys. Hey, take care. I appreciate your call. Take care. Four five seven nine four six four. David Shaw <coughs> says, Kev, that OBJ was fine at getting the team fired up. Him taking his shoes off and pouting like a baby was the me- was what the media and I have a problem. Oh, don't give me that. Don't give me that. <laughs> no, the, the the hatred for OBJ is that any time that guy does anything. That's what he was on. He was stripping. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be clear, too. He took his shoes. I mean, for one, they had taken him out of the game. They told him he was done. And Baker, by the way, you could word this however you want. Everyone's like, oh, man, your boy got benched yesterday. Today. It was a blowout game. He wasn't 100%. They took him out, put Keenum in. That's not, you know what I mean? Like he wasn't benched. I mean, he, he was taken out. We see guys get taken out of games all the time Who, when the game's out of reach. You're just putting in some backup guys. Don't give me that. And OBJ did absolutely nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong yesterday. Absolutely nothing because he took his shoes off. What is up with people's obsession with his apparel? What shoes he has on, what shoes he has off, what watch he has on, what watch you. Just leave the guy the hell alone. Because right now, that guy, he plays a dependent position. He plays a position that is dependent on having a guy that knows how to get him the ball. And right now, that's not the case. And I get tired of acting like athletes aren't allowed to show emotion on the sidelines that are not just smiling. You know, every athlete is expected to just, oh, man, well, look, it's 38-7. to 7. Let's just smile and, you know, hold hands and sing kumbaya. Get, I don't, if, that's, if that's the athletes you want on your team, then your team will be worse than the Browns and worse than what the Bengals look. I want guys that actually want to win. I want guys that get pissed off when you get embarrassed. I want guys that actually show emotion and want to get better, not this whole, oh, well, better luck next week. You want that, you want that little weird stuff? You know, uh, no, not going to do it. Let's, let's go to the phones. Let's go. Who we got? Jerry? Jerry, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I have to echo Jake's comments for, for my friends who are Browns fans. I mean... Here, here's the thing. Um, Baker, you, if, if you guys are going to be a playoff team, and you should be a playoff team, you are a very physical running team, one of the best running teams in the league. You're at, your run defense is actually pretty good. I think you're like in the top ten in run defense. But you can't win with that quarterback. And I think it's time to put Baker on the bench and give Case Keenum a shot. Because I disagree with you that you can't win with Baker at quarterback. Baker, the reason you can win with Baker at quarterback, you can win with game managers at quarterback. You can't win Super Bowls. You're not going to beat. You're not going to beat teams like the Steelers and the Ravens and explosive offenses. You're not going to beat teams like that with a game manager. He's not a game manager. He because I'll tell you what. He is. I, I, I'll tell he, you. he was. And even you said it when you called in last week. But 
he can't he can't read defenses and he can't throw outside the numbers so accurately he's got a big arm but he's not accurate outside the numbers so here's how teams play him you you load the box and you stack your safeties in the middle of the field and you live with him on the outside okay name me the last time you've seen him throw a deep out and complete it uh, OBJ, they've connected on a couple of those this year, actually. Wow, well, it, it, well, it, it happens less than, less than half the time. Well, you told me to tell you, and I told so, you. Here's the last 20 games. He's got a 59% completion rating, and he's thrown 25 picks. That's not a game manager. How many games did you go back? 20. 20. Why 20? Why not 21? Did 21 not have a bad enough game for you to fit into that narrative? Or what, I mean, what do we... I mean, because all I care about is how he looks this season under Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski. I mean, look, we're talking about a guy that's only in year three. He's under his fourth different head coach. And I'm not saying he's going to be uh, Tom Brady or anything like that. But to sit there and use just a weird amount of games that go back into the middle of last season, that just doesn't make any sense. When last season they had no offensive line, uh, they were not well coached at all. So that, that, that to me is weird. That's a skewed logic. Anyone can make numbers sing and dance. And my goodness, you're, that's quite the production you're putting on. Uh, no, it's facts. I mean that you know you don't like. But the again, facts. there's skewed facts. You, you can make stunt numbers, sing and Keenum. dance all you want. Can I make my point about Keenum? Can I make my point? Sure. Why not? Keenum and him are the same guy, but you're about to tell me why Keenum is a game manager and Baker isn't. Go ahead. Correct. So the last time we saw Case Keenum quarterback a good team, I'm not counting that lousy Denver team he played for, and I'm not counting that lousy Redskins team he played for, because this Browns team has talent, a lot of talent. The last time he coached a good team was the Minnesota Vikings. And they had two good receivers with Diggs and Thielen. They had a really good running game. They had a good run defense. And he got them deep into the playoffs that year. Okay? Okay. And all I'm saying is, is he's shown that when he's got talent around him, he can win games and get you deep into yes, the playoffs. Yes, he, he had a good season. Yes, you are right. He proved he, it. He, that, that one season that he had, you're right, he proved it. But with a good team. That's the key. He had a good team. Ah, you're shrinking the numbers again. See, I see what you're doing. I he see what you're doing. He wasn't He wasn't the, re- the necessarily the reason they won, but he had enough talent around him where he wouldn't make the mistake. He could make all the throws accurately. And they won a lot of games. They won 13 games that year. So my point is, if I'm a Browns fan, like Jake, Jake's got it right. If you're going to do anything this year, make the playoffs, win maybe nine, ten games, you got to be able to threaten all areas of the field. Baker can't do it accurately. There were four, they were 4-1 four and one with Baker moving the ball just fine. So Against two. Against two. Well, really, Ron, or Ron, sorry, you're acting like Ron, no, Jerry. Uh, what do you mean against who? It doesn't matter against two. Pittsburgh just played a bunch of against who's, and they looked pretty good yesterday. And did you? By the way, did you notice how many times T.J. Watt like was seemingly knew the snap count better than the offensive line mm-hmm. because again baker wasn't bearing anything up he you know and or because he, there's like you know not a lot of fans and it's easier to you know the defense has a little bit more of an advantage i read an article about that yesterday actually talking about how the defenses you know really have had a little bit of an advantage there despite there being such a high scoring total in the nfl the defenses have said it's actually easier to play in these empty stadiums to give them advantages for jumps on the count like that but yeah i see what you're saying and and, and like kevin nash pointed out he can't read, you know, if his first read isn't there, mm-hmm. it's trouble. Okay. It, he's got trouble. It, it's, you know, 
Look how look, Justin. Take all of last year. If you don't want to take the last twenty games, take all of last year and this year. Freddie Kitchens, bad how offensive line. Okay. How many picks has bad he thrown? defense? He throws a lot of interceptions. I'm not sitting, sitting there saying so he doesn't. How can he be a game manager if you throw a lot of picks? That's not what a game manager does. Kevin, see a game manager? Definitely a game manager. Thank you, Jerry. Well, you guys, I, I hope you do keep him in there as a game manager. Please keep him in there at least two more weeks. <laughs> at least two more weeks. Okay, and then then you're then you'll catch on, and then you'll be screaming for Keenum in two weeks. Remember, I'm the guy who told you. You asked the question. Oh yeah, Jerry. Know, he's all about the hot takes. He, he he likes to point out that the guy with all the interceptions game. isn't good, and he likes to point out that the Lakers yeah. who get LeBron James are titled favorites. Maybe you're all about the hot takes. You see things that no one else sees coming. You asked the question. I no, did. I think a lot of people saw it coming. You asked the question. Why do you say it like you just Mayfield discovered like a new island or something? Be good teams, <laughs> huh? And you know, you now know your answer. You now have it. So I'm just telling you. Look, don't no, don't listen to me. Don't take my advice. I'm not. I guess you <laughs> got not. a better chance to win with Case Keenum than you do Baker Mayfield. That's my point. Jerry, you have a great week. You too. Adios. Four five seven nine four six four. Let's go to Steve. We're gonna go to Steve real quick. Steve, welcome. How are you, sir? I don't know if I can follow that, man. I really. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it tough. <laughs> I, I'm just being real, man. I'm like, wow. I don't know why you want to talk right now, but anyway, I, I do uh, think he's a game manager. But I think the Browns really have to ask the question: Do they want to stick with this guy? Because I mean, let's let's just go for for some statistics. He runs like a four seven forty. Okay, he's, he's slow. He's about five eleven. He can't see over the line to throw the ball, and even when he does, he's not very accurate. Yeah, I, I could care less about the interceptions. I'm, I'm just saying, what, what the talent the Browns have right now, do they want to stay with this guy? And if I was the coach, I got to say no. Mm. I mean, based on what, what you know, what has transpired, you know. But when you ask that question, Steve, you got to have the the mindset of, well, if you don't want, if if, if he's not your guy, then who is? Because you got to ask yourself, is Case Keenum that much better that he makes a gamble like that worth it? Because I don't think that he is. No, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about this year. I'm just moving forward, big picture. I'm talking next year. I mean, because they got they got a lot of decisions to make financially for not just him, but a bunch of other players. Now, do I think the game could have been different yesterday if Chubb would have been healthy? Absolutely. He's a north-south runner. You know, you, you can't get, I mean, nothing against, you know, he's not north-south. He's east-west guy. You know, I think the game could have been different. But when he got rocked at one time and could barely get up and was staggering around, I don't know why in the world Stancy didn't take him out. That was my point coming in. Is like he was already that injured going in. Now he, I mean, look the way that Steelers defense is, and and Kevin, I'm looking at you on this. <laughs> it, he was probably going to have a game like that yesterday. I can't sit there and definitively tell you that that was not the case. But I do know this: that he everything has to be perfect for him to play at a high level. Right. And it already wasn't perfect heading in. It wasn't perfect days before with the injury. So they already knew it was going to be a long shot that that offense was going to be able to play well enough to compete with the Steelers because of that. Now, had Case Keenum started, I'm not saying he's better than Baker, but I would have felt more comfortable with a quarterback who is not constantly wincing every time someone comes around him because he's worried about his ribs. That's not an excuse. That's the reality of the situation. 
Okay. He would have been better yesterday for sure. He would have been better yesterday for sure with the, the physical condition that he's in. But I mean, the Browns have got to make a big a big decision, you know, at the end of this year whether or not they want to move forward. With this guy. I mean, there's a lot of college quarterbacks that are great in college and cannot make the, the transition to the NFL. And I, I think actually after this seeing you know three years of him, I think the defenses do have been figured out, and I think that they have figured a way that to, to limit him totally. But on a higher note, my fish did win yesterday which is a good thing, and the two experiment has started, so we'll see if he starts next week. Second so, uh, place in AFC East. Hey, I, I picked him to, to, to you know, finish second in the division, so we'll see if that comes to pass, but good show, guys. You all take care. All right. Hey, thanks, Steve. You take care. I appreciate the comment. Appreciate it. All right, four five seven nine four six for your reaction. The Browns lose yesterday. Baker atrocious. Browns looked awful. I mean, they're four and two. And they're going to be 5-2 and two after this weekend because they got Cincinnati. I can think of no better team to have coming up after a uh, beatdown huh? like that. I mean, Cincinnati's the perfect team to have on your schedule uh, as far as that's concerned after a Steelers matchup. So I will say this, though. Everyone was waiting for that type of game from Baker. Because like, Baker was pissing people off all year because he wasn't playing great, but he was top 10 in QBR. He wasn't making mistakes. He was playing pretty good. And it wasn't good enough for people to, like, jump for joy, but it wasn't bad enough for the haters who are filling up the Facebook feed right now to, like, they've been waiting for this, folks. It took you six weeks to finally get to experience this on the show today. It took you, it took Baker six weeks to give you what you wanted, which was a game that you could just literally carve him up. It took a month and a half. It took a month and a half for, for, ba- for Baker haters to get this opportunity. Enjoy it. I hope you're having fun. It's adorable. Oh, I told you Baker was bad. I've been waiting six weeks to tell you this. Okay. He was bad. I agree. I'm not going to tell you he was good. He wasn't good. What do you want me to say? I'm not defending it. I'm just telling you he wasn't good. What I don't like is whenever he plays really, really well and we ignore it, put it off to the side, and then when he plays bad, we label him off of that. So that's what he is yesterday. But we've seen more good games than bad games from him this year, and we ignore those. But yesterday, oh, that's who he is. Bruised ribs, banged up, offensive line played like crap. He's running for his life. Tom Brady wasn't going to play well against that Steelers team yesterday with the way that offensive line played as well. And trust me, Bengals fans, if there's anyone out there that knows how bad a quarterback can look with the bad offensive line, you should know. You should know. You should know. Schrody, I'm purposely ignoring you because you could stop. You could be nice to me now because Titans are good. Tannehill's good. He's better than Baker. All right, you happy? You happy, Schrody? Are you happy? I've been trying to tell him, man. I've been trying to tell you all season. Man. David Shaw, he's three good and three bad. You are nothing but a pure, disgusting hater. You just want to literally bathe in his misery. That's all it is. Like, you guys have been waiting for this. You've just been waiting, David. You and all the other Baker haters have been waiting for him to do what he did yesterday. And then next week, when he throws for, you know, 250-plus yards and he'll have two touchdowns and he'll be back to... It's time for some straight talk. You know what covering your bases is in baseball, right? Making sure you have no holes in your defense. Well, that's the kind of coverage you get with Straight Talk Wireless. And you'll pay up to 50% less than big carriers and still use their same networks. Just 45 bucks a month gets you the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data and 2G. No contract, no mystery fees. Fully covering your bases for 50% less. Straight Talk Wireless, only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 
College football, it's the game you wake up early on Saturdays for, even though kickoff isn't until 7. The game where the Goodyear blimp becomes a Hall of Famer. The game that goes just beyond school, spirit, fandom, or love of the sport. It's the game where the... All right, we are back. Jonathan Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on a Monday. I hope everyone had a great weekend. Anyone that is not a Browns fan had a fantastic weekend. Because Bengals fans, I know you're frustrated and you're upset that you gave up a 21-0 lead against the Indianapolis Colts. But I think it all made you feel a little better when you see at the ticker the score at the bottom that Cleveland was just getting trounced by the Pittsburgh Steelers. We welcome you back again. It is the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Getting back to your calls coming up here in just a second. Let's go back to the fa- uh, Facebook feed here. Uh, Chris Schulp says, uh, Baker did terrible in game one. Yes, he did. They played two elite teams this year, and Baker looked the same in both. That is reason to be concerned. But to sit here and act like he can't win games in the National Football League, that's not true. Uh, because when the offensive line played good in his rookie year, he was looking just the way everyone like that's drooling over Joe Burrow. Which, by the way, why is the same rules applying with him that didn't apply with Baker? Like when when Baker played well his rookie year, everyone said, "Oh, there's no film on him. He's not that good. Don't care what the numbers are." But that's all people are talking about is the numbers for Joe Burrow, but they're ignoring the ones that count, like you know how bad his QBR is, how bad you know. He, anyways, besides the point, Baker Mayfield. The two games that he had the least offensive line protection are his two worst games. I don't think there's a coincidence about that. Like, the two games that he's been hit the most in are the two games that he played the worst in. I, That's not an opinion. That's just a fact. So is he the guy? Uh, if you want to win the Super Bowl right now, no. So for those out there, because I saw uh, that uh, Shaw was calling me a homer and all this stuff, I'm not. I've been very honest. I mean, two weeks ago... I was pissed that you, I was mad that you called him a game manager <laughs> because once you call a quarterback a game manager, a manager, his career's done. You are a bridge guy. You are a Fitzpatrick. You become one of those guys. You become a guy that you bring in. That's like you, you become a Case Keenum. No one's looking at. No one is like beating. Like it's not like in Miami where everyone's like anticipating the two attack of our lower takeover. No one's anticipating the Case Keenum takeover. So like. That's the that's the situation you find yourself in as far as that goes. Do I think you can win a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield? I think you can get to the playoffs. You can maybe win a playoff game. But that's how I felt about the Titans last year. Defense really good. Offensive line really good. Run game really good. Let's be clear. Tannehill is not playing like he did last year. So, Schroeder, yes, I am giving you that <laughs> that, that, that rub of saying, hey, you know what? I was wrong about Tannehill. But, like, he's playing better than last year. Like, he's playing better than, like, my opinion was on Tannehill last year. They couldn't, like, they weren't that good offensively outside of the run game. It's not like they were relying on Tannehill to march him down the field and win a game. Guess what he did yesterday? He was playing like that at the tail end of the regular season. Now in the playoffs, they went strictly heavy run game. But like those plays that he's making with AJ Brown, they were making those. But in they the didn't last have season. that type of play, like playmaker last year, like to the level that they're getting this year. I agree with you. But if a team shrinks to only a run game and they don't let their quarterback make plays in the playoffs, it's because they don't trust their quarterback. You like. You find out what coaches truly think of their team when crunch time comes around because that's their gut telling them, oh, no, we can't put the ball in his hands. we got to only run the ball. So that's why I wasn't confident in Tanhill. Tanhill's totally looked different. So, Schrody, I'm not looking to do this back and forth. I still think he's an idiot for scheduling practices and nearly, like, costing him other games. It's looking like those they just, practices they just, you know, Yes, you know, <laughs> he won two games, two games in five days. Good for him. 
Good for him. Uh, Chris Schulp says, uh, Baker's cocky attitude turns people off. Oh, really? All I keep seeing is that stupid picture of, uh, of uh, what's is it, Joe Burrow smoking a cigar. Not even like a cool like man cigar. It's like this little <laughs> girl cigar. Burrow like didn't even smoke like this big old like so like you see those like cigars MJ and like a, like LeBron and everyone was smoking after their titles and stuff. He had like a little Macanudo cigar like it was just like this you know stogie little 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 cigarette or something like <laughs> like that wasn't even a man cigar like come on don't talk to me about being cocky uh, Joe Burrow's cocky and Baker is cocky too. Baker backed it up his rookie year. That's why he got away with it. That's why he got all the commercial deals. Now he looks stupid because people keep tagging him in those little Hulu commercials where he's on that like little weird average guy body, and then they're making fun of him that way. Aye, aye, aye. Let's go to John. Four five seven nine four six four. John, thanks for holding. Ha- uh, how are you? How are you guys doing? Good. Good. I called in Friday, and I said this is going to happen. The world is going to feel like it's crumbling even at 4-2 and two with six more definite wins on the schedule. Mm. Now, there was bad. There was some really bad, as in Baker Mayfield. And what I think they need to do, how about start Keenum against the Bengals? Keenum can beat the Bengals. I mean, Phillip Rivers is washed up. It can beat the Bengals. So um, so play Keenum against the Bengals and let Baker rest. Isn't it, isn't it a bye after Cincinnati, or is it the Raiders been a bye? But let him rest, get those red filled up, just to see what you have in Keenum. Because... Baker's not going to win you a big game. I mean, he's good enough to win you 10 games this year with the easiest schedule left, but he's not going to do nothing once he gets to the playoffs. Well, I mean, look, and by the way, it's not a terrible idea about if you're going to give a guy off, you might as well do it against a team like the Bengals who you know you can go in there and get a win against. They've already got a win over them. Uh, So, you know, I'm not totally against that. Uh, but if Baker's ready to go, I think you can't take a chance with letting him play because he's not nearly going to face. He's not going to face nearly the type of pressure against Cincinnati that he did against Pittsburgh. Uh, but I know what you're saying too. Like especially with the Raiders around the corner, defense pretty good. Uh, you want to look out for that to make sure that he's healthy and ready to go. But like I, I just I don't I don't think that they are there yet. Um, we'll see when that happens. But look, it's hard to win games in the National Football League even against the bad teams. I mean, we're starting to see the teams that were really bad early are starting to look a little bit better. The Raiders. You know, they don't look too bad. The Eagles, I mean, they've been hanging. They were right there with the Ravens. I mean, the teams that have been bad have slightly improved over the last couple of weeks. Like, we don't know who's who yet. Uh, and that's one thing to figure out. It doesn't mean Cleveland's that good, but I also don't think teams like the Eagles and others are that bad. And we're going to find that out here in the coming weeks. And, Justin, since the Bengals fans are talking and they're all excited about the Browns losing, what what is the hype around Joe Burrow? Don't get me wrong. If you tell me Joe Burrow can be good, I agree. Does Joe Burrow have a line? No, he don't. But he has done nothing to impress me this year. I mean, he gets to go march down the field against the Colts and make a game-winning drive, and he throws a pick right right to the, the Colts player. So I don't, I don't know what the hype is around that guy. Can he be good? Yes. Is he the franchise? Probably so. But he has done nothing up to this point to make me say, wow. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't word it that drastically and that aggressively, but I'm with you. I think a lot of it is overhype um, because, you know, when you want to talk about, you know, how good a rookie quarterback looks early on, it's like, well, okay, but you got to – I'm not saying wins and losses are everything, but he's not leading you to wins. He's not – I mean, how many one-possession games have they lost? He's had multiple one-possession opportunities to lead a team down the field to get a win, and he hasn't been able to do that. Um 
so that's why I'm with you on that as far as that goes. But look, we've seen guys who have really good numbers their rookie year, and then they, they kind of plummet their second year. So I'll judge him more next year. But I think a lot of the overhype with Joe Burrow right now is the fact that, hey, Bengals fans, they just needed that jolt of excitement. And unfortunately, their organization put no money in that offensive line. And, they, of course, the Bengals are the one team that could find a way to suck the energy out of their fan base after going to get a quarterback like Joe Burrow. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. John, take care, man. Appreciate it. All right, let's go on to Matt. Matt, you're up, man. How are you? Matt, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can oh, you hear me? there we go. Got you now. Sorry. What's up, man? Yeah, I I think honestly that this game right, Mark, is more there. indicative of the difference between the Steelers organization and the Browns organization as a whole. You don't see the Steelers looking for guys to save their franchise. There's a lot of stability there. When they go to the draft, they draft the best player available, and they plug them in. Nobody's expected to be the savior. Everybody plays their role, and they know their role really well because of the stability. The Browns, it changes every year. Different coaches, different systems. I don't know how you can expect Baker to be successful after having four coaches in three years. And, and, you know, so I, I want to think that Baker can be good because I'm a Browns fan, but I just, I just don't know. I have no clue because there's there's no real way to judge how good he is based off the fact there's no stability. Yeah, and see, the front office invested a lot of money into OBJ, invested a lot of money uh, into a lot of pieces in Hooper and others. So this team is in a win-now mode. Like, they want to win now. So they are not going, like, so if you fast-forward to this offseason, even if they make the playoffs, they're going to make the playoffs, and it's going to still feel flawed because I don't think they're going to be sold on Baker. And the reason they won't feel sold on Baker is because he's not to where they want him to be right now to lead them uh, to the playoffs or deep playoff runs. They have the talent to win now, so that might skew their decision-making instead of saying, okay, we need to really work with Baker and give him some stability because, as you talked about, fourth different head coach uh, in basically two and a half years at this point. You're, there's a lot working against Baker, um, but again, there comes a certain point where you got to stop with the excuses and say he has to make do with what he has. I can't feel sorry for Baker when you have the offensive line you do, when you have the weapons he does, when he has the run game he does. He needs to start carrying his end of this of the weight here because what he showed his rookie year is that he was a playmaker, and the last time I seen him be a playmaker was his rookie year, and that's the unfortunate part. Exactly. And uh, like what you were talking about earlier when you said that they should have sat him because of you know him being beat up and uh, – you know, you, you can't lose them in, in the head uh, aspect. The same token, you got to look at it and be like, how many other quarterbacks get sat for that reason? And if that's if that's why you're going to sit them, then is he the quarterback to lead your team? So, you know, lots of other quarterbacks play with bruised ribs and, and you know, and beat up like that. He's that's gonna, fair. If he wants to be a starting quarterback and a star quarterback, he has to learn how to do that. And uh, so we can't use that as an excuse. But nope, I that's fair. It just showed yesterday that the Steelers are legit, man. They're a good team, and I, I you know, as much as I hate to say that, it, they're just a really well-run organization. No, they're they're trash. <laughs> that was for Kev. That was for Kev. Uh, <laughs> I, I hate them. I despise them. But, I uh, love them. You know, there's just I, that's just part of what makes hating them even more is just the fact that they they're just so damn good. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, man. Hey, thanks so much, Matt. Appreciate you being patient. Appreciate the call. You have a great week. 
All right, four five seven nine four six four. We'll get to more of your calls. We're on hold. We're going to get to you guys when we come back. I'll get to more of your Facebook reaction. We'll get into the Bengals side of things coming up around the corner. Take a look at what happened in the world of college football over the weekend. And uh, yeah, we got plenty more coming your way. Don't go anywhere. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kiff Nash next. feel-good food and family. This fall, get a home-style meal on the go that everyone will love. Stop by Lee's Famous Recipe Chicken for a 12-piece spicy bonus box for only $23.99. Home-style can happen anywhere with 12 mixed pieces of Lee's. Hey, who wants free money? Who are we kidding? We all do. It's the ESPN date. Hashtag, we want to get paid cash contest. Listen for the winner show live here on ESPN Dayton. Justin Kenner, Kev Nash, back with you here on a Monday. What's up? I got a question for you. So, when Baker dropped back to pass and that pick six happened, describe your mood during that situation. I threw my phone. I said, son of a whatever. I said, here we effing go. And we effing went from there. That's what happened. I mean, there's no, no. I mean, that's just that. That it is what it is. It was ugly. He only threw the ball 18 times. That's a lot of damage in 18 pass attempts. I mean, holy smokes, Baker. I mean, my goodness. I mean, he had a QBR of 5.4. That's impressive. I mean, Mike. By the way, everyone that's talking about how, how just horrendous he's been this year. He was top 10 in QBR. He was top again. No one says top 12, but he was 12th in completion <laughs> percentage before yesterday. Like, he wasn't, his efficiency wasn't bad. He was not a quarterback that I was looking at that was going to be like an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady or, a you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes or anything. I was never putting him in that category. But to sit there and say that he's been bad all year, and people like, you know, Shaw, the ultimate hater of Baker, sitting there saying, oh, no, in this game, look, he was bad in this game, okay in this game. Dude, like, he was not, like, the two, he, the Ravens and the Steelers, god awful. If I had to say, if I have to base it just on those two games, he has no business being in the NFL. But to sit there and ignore the good things he did right. all up to this point, that's ridiculous. You're a quarterback of a team that was 4-1 and one heading into yesterday's matchup, and you were leading teams to, to victories. Like, that's all you could do. So, I don't want to hear that. I'm not saying Baker's c- capable of winning them a Super Bowl or taking them on a deep playoff run. But this this schedule is very, they can win games. And they're winning. And by the way, when we sit there and say, oh, well, of course, their schedule's so easy. You realize that even if the Browns were 0-6, that schedule's still the easiest one remaining. And my point is, is with that is, regardless of who you play coming up, it's about who you are as a team. And the only reason that is looked at as easy moving forward is because you are looked to be favored pretty much against everyone moving forward except for the Ravens and Steelers coming up. So that's my point about like the Browns are at the point where they are looked at as better than a lot of teams in the NFL. They're not an elite team. They have the talent to be elite. I think if they had the right quarterback, which they don't, but they still have a good quarterback. Baker's good. He's not who I thought he was going to be. I've admitted I was wrong as far as that goes. We got into that conversation weeks ago when I was like, if you're, if we're at the point where we're calling him a game manager, you have to call him a game manager because you have to overmanage his usage because there's too many flaws that you can't just let him go out there and be a quarterback. But to sit there and try to you know paint this picture that old Baker's been trash all year, that's embarrassing, and you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Um, you don't know what you're talking about. So he was good against the Colts game. Yes, he was fine against the Colts. He was not good in the second half, no. But he did what he was supposed to do. 
He put points up on the board. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. Like, I, I don't know what else you expect from this. Uh, Doug Toby says, dang, Justin, you sound just like Jerry. Took five minutes and put him in the top ten. Don't be skewing the number. I, those are the facts, though. Those numbers are from this season. Jerry was going back the last 20, taking six games here and ten games and, you know, whatever, 16 games from last year. I was like, what, what does that have to do? Last year's roster was different. The coaching was different. The offensive line was different. We're talking about this year. So, no. All right, let's let's play a little game with the Browns. Currently, they're four and two, right? Yep. You still on twelve and four status? They are capable of winning twelve, yes. And that's without. I don't think they can beat the Steelers. I don't think they can beat the Ravens. So, Everyone else is. They are, have a shot to win. Yes. Bengals this week. <laughs> They'll be fine. Yes. That. So what? They're four. So five and two. Las Vegas Raiders. That'll be more difficult, obviously, than the Raiders. But I look at them as six and two. The bye, bye week. week. Six and two. <laughs> they won't lose that week, hopefully. Definitely. Uh, Houston Texans. Houston's looked better since mm. Romeo Cornell and switching over to him. That'll be that'll be a, a, a toss-up game. But uh, for the sake of being Mike me, <laughs> I'm going to say they could beat the Texans because the, de- the defense for them is, you know, the run defense for them is not good. So I'll say the Browns. That's seven wins right there. Philly. That's the other one that has looked better as of late. <laughs> um, you know what? I I was smiling when that I, – I probably should know his name by now because he ate the Steelers alive, and then I watched him eat the Ravens alive for Philadelphia. I probably need to know his name uh, because he looks like he's the truth. I'm going to have to find out this receiver's name. I don't – matter of fact, I'm going to find out in a minute. For the Eagles? You're talking for about for yesterday against the Ravens? <laughs> yes. I mean, that game, too. I mean, was it 30 yeah, uh, it to was 28? Like... You're talking about Sanders, I'm assuming? No, no, Miles no. Sanders? No. Uh, this is terrible radio. Uh, Travis Fulgram. Yes. Fulgram. Yes. Whoever the heck he is, if you don't have him on your fantasy football team, you better get him. Because... Zach Ertz is out for the year, too. So, you know what? That's a big blow for them, by the way. Ouch. Uh, Cleveland. So, that's eight wins. Jacksonville. At Jacksonville. Nine wins. At Tennessee. That's nine and three. They're losing that one. Tennessee's good, and it pains me because you knew I was locked on not giving them any love, but they're good, man. And like, they're good. I, and I like Vrabel. That's the thing that ticks me off. And I really like Vrabel. That, that doesn't tick me off. That's why I, I'm even in the conversation of this. But they lose to the Titans, nine to three. You happy, Schrody? <laughs> Baltimore at home, Monday night football, eight fifteen, ESPN. We're in December. We're getting close to Christmas. I'd rather get Rona than watch that game. <laughs> Nine and four. Uh, at the New York Football Giants, who won their first game this Ten season. Ten and four. At the New York Football Jets, who are still over this season. Eleven and four. The Pittsburgh Steelers. So they'll be eleven and five at this point. The only way to get to twelve, and I said this last week, they have to win a game they're not supposed to. But mm-hmm. knowing the Browns, they will lose a game they're not supposed to. To balance it out, yeah. Are the Titans on the schedule? Are you sure they're yes, on the schedule? Yes, I am 1,000% Sunday, December 6th at Tennessee. Because I got a few people Derrick saying Henry. I didn't know that they were on the schedule, and I don't know why I didn't realize they were on there either. I would have been yeah. talking a lot more smack about the Titans. Yeah, they play out. the NFC uh, East, and they also play the AFC South. All right, well, good stuff. But, yeah, so they're still an 11-12 win team, in my opinion. Yeah. And let's say they finish two games under my prediction. People are still going to make fun of me because the Browns go 10-6. and six. Like, give me a break, folks. Like, Absolutely, they're going to make fun uh, of you. Oh, and that, that's fine. I embrace <laughs> it. I embrace it all. Um, Browns are favored by three. 
to the Bengals. Vegas isn't confident in the Browns. Chris, and I'm not confident in anything you have to say because everything you say is a troll job. You've been to a troll about the Bengals for years now. And that's fine. I'm a troll about the Browns. So I embrace it. It, it is what it is. But there you go. There you go. And by the way, should Vegas be confident about the way the Browns looked last week? Holy smokes. That, that, I mean, that was, Jesus, that was bad yesterday, man. I got nothing. Like, that was horrendous. And the narrative of that game yesterday is all about how bad Baker was. Mm-hmm. That, 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 they were bad all over. Were they? That offensive line, Kev. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was horrendous. <laughs> that was absolute garbage. I mean, it was, it was bad. It was like I was watching. It's like, you know, Halloween's in a few weeks, and I keep trying to figure out what I want to be for Halloween. And I think the Browns were like, what do I want to be for Halloween? And I think all the offensive linemen stood up and said, I want to be a Cincinnati Bengals offensive lineman. And they went as ho- they went, they dressed up for Halloween yesterday and went as the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. That's what the Browns did yesterday. That's what the Browns did yesterday against, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dude, I know I keep going back to this guy, Travis Fulubu, whatever the heck his name is, for the Eagles, who ate the Steelers alive and the Ravens alive. But he is a six-round pick out of Old Dominion. Uh, you Old know, Dominion, huh? Yeah. Good for so, him. Yeah, absolutely. Good for them. Absolutely. And that's the things I say, man. Like, I just don't buy that. Oh man, you gotta come from these power five schools to be an those are outliers. Though <laughs> this ain't no outlier, no, bro. But it is like this those guys exist no there. They do, but you like there's not enough of them for you to sit there and say that you could definitively always go there and pick from the well. It doesn't work that way. The best wide receiver ever to play NFL football, Jerry Rice, Jackson State man, not Jackson State. Uh, he's from HBCU. I, and by the way, I'm, just I'm not disputing like, that you can't, but there's here. not. But everything's a numbers game. And if you look at the, the percentages of great players that come from those schools, you're not going to go dabble in those low percentages. No, no, no I'm, not that saying, you could. I'm not saying like, oh man, we got to camp out at uh, Old <laughs> the, Dominion. The, foot, the football factory, Old Dominion. <laughs> I'm not saying you camp out there. What I'm saying is, it is up to these scouting departments. It's up to these GMs to find these dudes, man. There's no mystery why Pittsburgh Steelers constantly draft good wide receivers. There's no mystery to that. Nobody ever heard of Antonio Brown. Nobody. We still haven't. Where is it? <laughs> He'll be on the Ravens in about four more weeks. Damn. I'm saying <laughs> I, I'm t- I said 11-5, five, right? Like, <laughs> nobody heard of him. Uh, freaking uh, Claypool, the 11th drafted receiver in oh, this draft. I gave you a compliment on him. Just I'm it. just saying, man, the scouting departments do your job to be fair, these dudes. Every scout thinks that they found the next Jerry Rice. Everyone's like, oh, man, I got this guy. Like, you know, But whoever, you know, the scouts for the Saints who came down and, and watched out on Troutman, they got, they got to, you know, back though. You, you, you find guys like that at schools like this. But four five seven nine four six four. Let's go to Mark. Mark, thanks for holding. You're up, sir. Hello. Hey, Mark. You're up. How are you? This ain't Mark. This is the Ron. Oh, the Ron. Okay. What's up, the Ron? How was your weekend, Justin? My weekend was fine. I had my engagement party. Got to see a lot of clo- uh, close friends and family. I had a great weekend. Well, that's good, man. I'm, I'm happy for you about that. Um, it ain't it ain't over yet because your your cowgirls will probably get whipped up by Tyler Murray and Hopkins tonight. Hey, congratulations! Your quarterback remembered what down it was yesterday. 
Well, did, did your quarterback know how many fingers they were holding up after the beating he took? Nah, that's that's up for debate still, Ron. That's up for debate. That is, uh, and see, your team gets a big win yesterday. And you come, you I could tell there's confidence in your voice. <laughs> like sometimes you call in and you just know you're about to get it. And t- today you called it your 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 Rays are in the World Series. Woo! Your Buccaneers just beat up on the Packers. You don't need to worry about how I'm doing. I know how you were doing. You had a great weekend, Ron, and congratulations. Hey, it's title town, baby. Well, I mean, you got to get the titles to be title town, but you have a chance to be title town. That's true. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I didn't call in to dog your team. Well, maybe a little, but, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I wanted to get that prediction you had last um, Friday about the score of that game. Uh, for the Browns, because me and Kev were looking for that. We couldn't find it. We were looking for the audio during the break. So I'm pretty sure you have it. So lay it on me. How how bad was I wrong? How off was I, Ron? You said they had scored thirty points, at least. I I, I don't I don't want to put you on the spot. No, I I did. I put think it was like spot, thirty-five Ron. twenty-four. I think was my prediction for the Browns to beat the or to beat the Steelers. I'm so stupid. I predicted the Browns to beat the Steelers thirty-five to twenty-four. At, at, at Heinz Field. And, oh man. At the ketchup I, I bottle. Feel, yeah. I, I feel Dude. because I know he is probably so furious he don't want to call in, but I think you know. Steve only works first shift when the Browns lose. I think that's what's going on today. I'm hoping to hear from him. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Uh the the dump button we had to make sure worked before today and it's working, so you know, that's all you could say. Yeah, man. So um I wanted to say uh like you know, Jerry Jerry that Jerry that calls in. Uh, my Bucks play the Raiders next Sunday night. Mm. So who do, you, who do you like in that game? The Bucks. The Bucks are good, man. They're going to be in my top five when we bring it. When we do our top five tomorrow, the Bucks are going to be right there in my top five. They're going to be right there towards the top of my top five. I'll have the exact top five tomorrow. But I don't think that's a hot take. The Bucks. We we were just waiting for the like we knew where they who they were. We knew what they were capable of, but they were still a little iffy to start. But you got a new quarterback that's playing the same system, same team for two decades, you know, making the transition over. Uh, maybe that's going to be the game we circle looking back at the Packers and say, oh, that's the game where everything kind of came together for them moving forward. So we'll see. I mean, because uh, Godwin came back, they didn't have him too much highlighted, but. He's, he's, they're not going to work him out too quick, but uh, you got to admit, uh, the Gronk Brady connection looked like the old times. I ain't admitted nothing, Ron. I ain't <laughs> admitted nothing. But, Ron, that's all we got, man. I appreciate you calling. Yeah. Congrats. Hey, hey, I haven't heard Go Browns all day. Oh, go Browns. They got the Bengals coming up. I already feel better about where they are. I mean, I'm telling all you. All right, Justin. Hey, congratulations on your engagement. Oh, thank you again, man. Appreciate it. Take care. All right, four five seven nine four six four. How about that game yesterday? The Bucks, man, good for them. Good for them. All right, it's the Justin Kinner Show live here on Dayton's ESPN Radio Station, fourteen ten, Wing AM. Oh, I got to give this to Kev. Uh, David Shaw says Claypool was at Notre Dame. Oh yeah, huge reach there. He has a good point. I, I said he was the eleventh drafted receiver. Well, it's not, but again. I'm just to Notre saying, Dame. Like, There's lots of, they, they've actually had a lot of success from Notre Dame, though. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm just saying organizations find players, and I, I'm a person that believes in that you can't always just say, all right, it's all on the quarterback. It's all on the quarterback. And when they start losing games, we say, like, oh, man, he don't have weapons. Well, and blame it strictly on the players. It's up to the whole organization. Like, I'm, I'm never a person that says wins and losses are totally on the quarterback. It's a whole organization thing. Like, well, for this, it's on the Browns. 
Or it's on Baker. Oh, yeah. It's no, Baker's fault. No, no. I blame game. Baker. Like, <laughs> I told you in the offseason, he has no. When they went out and got Hooper and they went out and got Conklin and they drafted uh, the kid from Alabama, uh, you know, in the first round, he that was the worst thing that could have happened to him. Because Joe Burrow, when Joe Burrow screws up and, and he makes the mistakes he does, he just gets to do the whole, oh, well, you know, I have a bad offensive line and I have a geriatric wide receiver and A.J. Green. So, AJ you know, balled out yesterday. By, trade him. He had a good game. Trade him now. <laughs> Let people think that, oh, A.J. Green's back. Trade him. Trade him now. Because Denzel Ward's going to make him look like he's the AJ, the old A.J. Green and not the A.J. Green of old like we saw yesterday. And, and I know we're going to talk about it later, about the Bengals, them blowing that 21 lead. But Joe Burrow, or Joe Burrows, hit the long ball yesterday twice. Oh, yeah, he celebrated with a little girl cigar afterwards. Not like one of them real cigars like everyone else does. This guy. We'll be back. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kevin Nash next. It's time for some straight talk. You know what covering your bases is in baseball, right? Making sure you have no holes in your defense. Well, that's the kind of coverage you get with Straight Talk Wireless. And you'll pay up to 50% less than big carriers and still use their same networks. Just 45 bucks a month gets you the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data and 2G. No contract, no mystery fees. Fully covering your bases for 50% less. Straight Talk Wireless, only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. Fall is in the air. Fall projects are on the list. And the Home Depot is ready with more ways than ever to help. Use our mobile app to search, shop, and save. Choose flexible delivery options that bring everything you need right to your... I'm about to take this little song right out of that rotation, man. You, you gotta, you know, no, no more. No more. Hey, uh, so we just got this message on the ESPN Dayton Facebook page. Uh, shout out to Lori Lynn. Lori Lynn won the Dr. Pepper Cornhole Boards live out at Lee's Famous Recipe Chicken earlier today. Or Lori Lynn said her husband won them. Uh, the Keith Fire Show is live out on location today at the Lee's Famous Recipe Chicken in, in, in Inglewood. Um, and uh, Lori said that uh, her husband won the, the Dr. Pepper Cornhole Boards and said, how cool is that? Yeah, we appreciate Lee's. Uh, you know, they always have Keith out from time to time, and they thought this was a perfect week to have him out there with Ohio State kicking <laughs> season off coming up this Saturday. We were pumped about that. We're going to get into more college football talk throughout the week. But real quick, this college football note, we'll get back into the NFL stuff in a moment, but uh, Purdue head football coach Jeff Brom confirms positive coronavirus test. He will miss the opener um, as far as that's concerned. I am curious. We know for players who get a coronavirus test, they're out for three weeks. What about coaches? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, maybe he can just take a whole bunch of tests until he gets a negative one so he can coach just like Nick Saban did. Why, uh, why, why is everyone mad about that? I mean, it's predictable. That's it's very, not predictable. It, it is predictable. It, Ryan Day better have the same damn test that Nick Saban had. This is a predictable situation, man. This is what's going to happen, man. And we, and we all knew this was going to happen. I, just didn't, the I didn't have an SEC. issue with it. I knew why people had an issue with it because Needs it's more. the SEC. But when the SEC does it, it's skewed results. But if the Big Ten does it, it's because of the great scientists of the world who came up with this test that you know confirmed that Ryan Day is not sick. Like, <laughs> my goodness. I mean, but I, I trust me. I knew from an optics standpoint it wasn't good. But you could tell just based on the comments earlier in the week, Nick Saban was not going to miss that game. Oh, no, right. not at all. I mean, it's it's just a bad look when... I agree. That, know, the optics weren't good. The just, optics weren't good. You know, Cam Newton's been out for two weeks. Weeks, he hasn't practiced, and but yeah, guess what? I'm still coaching, bro. I'm <laughs> out here. Like it's just crazy, man. I SEC man means more. 
Oh, it d- it definitely means more. Uh, it does. It definitely means more to the SEC. And they prove it every single week. <laughs> It'll be all right. I, I didn't have an issue with it. Like, there's a lot of things I look at that I'll have an opinion on that people think that that's my opinion on it. I'll have an opinion on something based on what I think the backlash is going to be, and that was one of it. I didn't have an issue with him coaching. If the three tests came back negative, so be it. Um, I, I don't know. Like, it's just one of those where if we're like, this is why I, I don't know. Just forget it. He coached, so be it. He's fine. It is what it is. It's fine. Everyone, it, everyone's fine. Everyone's fine. Except for Dan I want Mullen. the same. Well, Dan Mullen, that, that's the. And there's a lot of foot and mouth type, type of thing going on there. I mean, literally, how, how that was kind of funny, though. Not funny that he has it. Don't get me wrong. But, like, he literally, within a week and a half, his whole world came crashing down. And within a week and a half, Dan Mullen says, we want 90,000 fans in our stadium to go up against LSU. In that same time frame, he talked about how you look at Florida. Florida should be looked at as the university, as the face of the safety protocols of what is you know that's hilarious. All within a week and a half, he wants ninety thousand fans in the stadium, and he says that everyone should look at Florida because they've been the face of what it's like to follow the safety protocols correctly. All within a week and a half, he said those two things, and again, not laughing at the fact that he tested positive, but I'm laughing at the irony of the fact. Can people understand that? I know in 2020 we're all outraged when people say certain things. And you could spin what I said into how you want. I'm not laughing that he got the Rona. I'm laughing at the irony of him catching the Rona after talking about how safe and how they do it the right way. That you know, This goes back to your point. You can't. I believe, to be fair though, I believe that he believes that they do everything right. And I believe Ryan Day believes that the Buckeyes do everything right. You just there is no such thing as doing everything right when it comes to the virus. So I, I don't think he did anything wrong, or his teammate or his players did anything wrong. It sucks that he has it. I'm laughing at the irony of the situation where, yeah, no one's safer than us. No, I mean everyone. I mean we yeah. are the everyone. Should, we should make one of those like safety protocol videos and use Florida as the as the team to to make the video because no one does it better than us. And then you have players test positive, he tests positive. It's just the irony of it, folks. That's all. The Rona is real, man. Don't the cancel Rona me. I'm not real. laughing at someone who got the Rona. I'm laughing at the irony of it. That's all, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, the, you know, the irony of that is very thick. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Let's go to Keith. Keith, kick us off, man. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Justin. How are you, sir? Good. Uh, Keith, you still there? Yeah. Hold on. There we go. We good? Uh, <laughs> the phone's the Bluetooth switched on me. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, you're good, man. Yesterday, Browns game. Baker played like someone who was scared to get hit. I mean, every time, like every pass, if you noticed, it was like triple pumping before he threw. He was so unsure of himself. That was the perfect game to just say, hey, you were hurt this week. Landry was hurt. OBJ was hurt. Put Kim in here. Rest up. You know, but we didn't. But like straight hot garbage. O line that looked that great. Uh, what's the Garber Wyatt Teller? That's a big loss, obviously, because that uh, guard has replaced get bullied a lot back to the backfield. When the Browns defense gets stopped, you know how rare that is. Browns need to get points. When the Browns what? When the defense gets a stop. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I thought you okay. First quarter, we got we got to get some kind of point. Yeah, I thought it was a win that they held Pittsburgh to a field goal on the first drive of the afternoon. Like, I was like, okay, you know, it is what it is. Like, you know. Then it was the pick six. But then, like, they had, like, a couple more drives where, you know, Pittsburgh punted. A couple of them, like, uh, people's Jones, I thought maybe it's going to break it or break a return or something. Like, 
all right, let's get some points. And then we get a dumb false start or just something stupid. It was just, it was a rough game. And Pittsburgh had a couple offensive possessions. Like, there was a few possessions where Big Ben, like, overthrew some wide-open receivers. There was one deep, uh, like, they had a couple penalties. They got the ball deep into Brown's territory, and then he overthrew a receiver and then had a penalty, and then they were forced to to punt from there. So, you know, it was one, like, Cleveland had their their chances. They they had their chances. I mean, there's a time, Ben was, like, four of, like, 13 or four of 14 at one point, like, the first half, then... I'm like, this is our chance. Come on, let's go. Let's do something offense. And it was just, no. <laughs> it was just wasn't happening. Baker was overthrowing or underthrowing. But the interception, uh, that guy, uh, Fitzpatrick intercepted, that is literally the same play last week against the Colts that they dropped. And each time, the running back to the right is wide open. I don't know. That's something they got to work on, Baker. Just throw it to the dude. Let the drop off, man. So, we, so when we talk about like quarterbacks who like read their progressions and stuff and like read the the field, like I agree that he was wide open. I'm not defending this at all, but sometimes it's like he he knows that okay, first I got to look this direction, see if that guy's open. Then I'm gonna look over here, see if he's open, and then so the running back being wide open on the sidelines probably their last their last resort. Um, but that goes back to the, him trying to force things to his playmakers. But you you can maybe get away with that against the Bengals defense. Um, yeah, you can maybe, but you point. can't do that against the Colts and the Steelers. And we've seen him get eaten alive in that last two weeks. Yeah, and we, I mean, gotta do better. Cause, I mean, I know you already went from twelve to four to eleven to five today. You're disappointed me letting Kev do that to you. So. <laughs> well, what, what, which one am I right? They, I mean, the Titans. The Titans. I'm not. Twelve and four, Justin. Don't bow down day one. Bow down tomorrow, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not today. Hope for me. I'm like, I just took out a 12-4. I'm with him. And he's going through, oh, no, we're going to lose that game. We might lose that game to the Raiders. I mean, I thought he was going to bust out 10-6, and six, bro. I'm just saying. I Look, 12, 12 wins is still very possible for this Browns team. It's very possible. We need positivity after that. We almost said a bad word. That butt whooping we got yesterday. We, it was an ass whooping. I'll give. I'll do it for you. It was an ass whooping. <laughs> I didn't want Kale to know dump me. So yes, I agree. But you know, college football. I hope the Big Ten can tackle because watching these SEC seventy-five point games is just oh my goodness, it's brutal. Like there's so many missed tackles in football right now in college. I don't know if that's from not hitting or what, but gosh, I'm scared. Like I know we're playing Nebraska and they're garbage. And Scott Frost ran his mouth a lot, so I'm sure Ryan Day's gonna try to really give him a one too. But yeah, and, and look, and oh. and like, but Ohio State, you're right, it is Nebraska. I think they're look, they're gonna be fine. By the way, have you seen the line, Kev? And do you know Mark 18. or Keith? I'm sorry, is it 18? I believe it's 18. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was 18. Okay, so the the line is 18. Um, I, 22 by Friday. Yeah, I think it'll keep moving up. They'll take care of business, but th- this is like a preseason game for them because the biggest game of the yeah. year for Ohio State Week oh. Two, Michigan or I'm sorry, Penn State under the lights. Um, they they have a lot, you know. They they have ver- a very short amount of time to to iron out any kind of deficiencies, and they got to do it against uh, Nebraska. As good as Ohio State is, you cannot be cocky enough to think that they're just going to come in and just take care of business and act like this weird off season is not going to have some kind of role in their production out on the field. That's yeah, all. I think so. per- I think first quarter they'll just they'll just come in, just whip some tail real quick, and then like third and fourth quarter they're going to work on Penn State stuff. They're going to have them. I mean Nebraska. I don't know. They're, they keep trying to say they're back, but come on, they're not. They're well, they're not. back. They're just back of the Big Ten. That's all. Yeah, they need to go back to the Big Twelve. Or that. And take, <laughs> and take Rutgers and Maryland with you. Well, Maryland, and, uh, they can go to take the, Rutgers with you. 
it's embarrassing right now. No I kidding. Archive, and I love the two short intro. It's, it's, I, I keep waiting. Like, uh oh, Kev, don't mess up. I know what two short says. That's what's <laughs> first. So, yeah. What's my favorite <laughs> word? <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, take care, man. I appreciate the call. <laughs> See what you did. You see, you see the expectations, you know. There you go. All right. I tell you what, we, we got more guys to get to real quick. You know, John Zeller on Facebook says, Remember when Baker was better than Russell Wilson? And not just one ha, not just two ha's, but three ha's. Ha, ha, ha. Oof. I, I, I. Baker's not better than Wilson. We might have to do this list. We're going to go down and see, like, how many quarterbacks in the NFL would you take Baker Mayfield over? I don't know how long that list is right now. I mean, the NFC NFC East, I mean, it might get interesting over there. Let's do it. We will. we got to get into Let's that. Let's do it. I, this will be interesting. Hour three. We'll get into that coming up. All right, folks. We'll be back in a moment. More of the Justin Kenner Show. More, who we got? We got Anthony and Paul, yeah. Eric, and Steve. We'll got more of your calls next. Don't go anywhere. Justin Kinnitrev, Nash, back with you here on Dayton's ESPN radio station. That's right, Ohio State, Nebraska. Noon kick coming up this Saturday. You can catch all the action right here as well as all season long on Dayton's home of the Buckeyes. ESPN 1410, Wing AM 1030. The pregame starts right all the way up to kickoff at noon. That's week one action. Week two, technically not week one. It's week one for Ohio State in the Big Ten. Uh, but week two action or game two of the year for Ohio State will be at Penn State. And uh, that game's under the lights. That's the ABC's game of the week. It'll be the primetime game, and that's really outside of... And then a championship with your favorite guy, LeBron, and everything Best like that. Time. You were Better calm. Better than MJ. See, yeah, you're, a, you're back in normal form now. Um, but you were calm about that. Uh, we were calm all week leading up to the matchup. Obviously, I'm a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. You're a huge Browns fan. Um, you were saying kind words about Dak Prescott. But Friday, oh, Friday... And it wasn't even in Friday at 3 o'clock. It was about 4 o'clock where... Oh, you got the time, the yeah, time stamp. Yeah, That's his receipts, yeah. but time Kenner stamps. was unleashed. He let the world know that the Browns were going to win that game big. They were going to kick the Steelers' ass. That's what you said. Oh, I don't think you've ever cussed on this yeah, show. That was yeah, kind of yeah, cute, Kevin. Yeah, Good for yeah, you, yeah, man. Yeah, Look at you. Kind of letting loose a little bit. And, and me being me, all I said is we'll see. And we saw the outcome. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see. We saw. We saw. <laughs> One of the quotes from Friday, and Kev found it. He's going to pull the audio. We'll have that for you at some point. But I made the mistake of saying, oh, okay, Kev. Pittsburgh could take the highest scoring team in the AFC and keep them below 30 points. They did that. They kept them below 20. They kept them below 10. <laughs> Want to be real detailed? They kept them below eight as well. So, <laughs> yikes! Woofa! Yikes! Woofa! As far as that's concerned, let's go to the phones. We got Anthony. Anthony, you are up, my friend. How are you? I'm I'm good. Listen. Oh, it's Anthony I'm from Cincinnati. How are you? You guys got a great show. Thank, thank you, you, sir. Thank you, thank you. What do you got for us hey, today? Hey, hey listen. Um, I'm listening. <laughs> when um. When the when the when the Bumbles drafted um, Joe Burrow, you know this this front office should they um, or could they um, draft a high caliber offensive left tackle when they um, drafted Joe Burrow because you know that's football one on one you you got to have an old line to to protect your investment and 
you know, from what I see, he will not make it through the season at all. Yeah. Now, and I blame I blame part of that on the on the on the front office of their their lack of football knowledge. Period. You know, of course they don't. You know, they don't think that way. They're, they're, I think their decision making is just an absolute train wreck. When you let a, a Andrew Whitworth walk and go for nothing, and you still haven't replaced him, he's been gone for for at least four years to the L.A. Rams, playing in Super Bowls, playing on a winning team. What, is, what does that tell you about about this, uh, this this lack of decision making by this front office? I mean, when they think they have it figured out, and they don't. They're totally incompetent. They're a cesspool of incompetence mm. is the Bengals' front office. And I'll repeat it. They are a cesspool of incompetence, an absolute train wreck. Cool. Jets are a train wreck. The Washington Redskins are a train wreck. But the way the Bengals are trending, they're going to transcend train wrecks. Nice. Man, you could not have said that. At least, at oh. least those teams have hope. I, I almost see no. Hold no on. You, you think? I mean, I, look, the Bengals look and see now. Now, Anthony, I'm a little upset with you because you're making me now have to like kind of rear you back in just a little bit because I think the Bengals have all the train wrecks in the NFL. They have more hope than any of the other train wrecks because they at least have a quarterback. Uh, the Washington Football Team doesn't have a quarterback. The Jets don't have a quarterback. Or they do, but they're they've butchered that. The Giants, they think they have a quarterback, but they don't. Um, the of all the train wrecks, the Bengals at least have their quarterback, or at least they think they do. Um, they would like to believe that they do, but we've seen quarterbacks have great rookie years that turn out to look like, well, a 5.4 QBR like yesterday against the Steelers. So that could be in the future of of Joe Burrow. You never know. But uh, I don't know if they have the least hope of all of them. I will say that. Well, when I say hope, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the overall overall picture. The overall picture. I mean, this improvement, this this organization goes into losing, transcend losing in the in the years and decades. Not the Pittsburgh Steelers, not the Baltimore Ravens. There's a high standard of winning for those two organizations, and the standard of there is no standard of, of winning for this for this organization. And they will continue to be the Bumbles uh, for 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 forever. Hey, but what about it that game that they almost won in Week change. One? But what about that game Wait. they almost won in Week One? Remember they beat the Jaguars. Almost up. Uh, Almost doesn't cut it in the NFL. That's college, high school. Like there is no gray area in the NFL. Either you do it or you don't, and that's the bottom line. Yeah, plain and simple. I agree. I agree. None of that. I've seen a lot of Bengals fans say, "Well, they almost won in Week One, but they didn't." Oh, almost, almost doesn't get you uh, rings or win you divisions. That's that's that's. Tell them, Anthony. Like, they Tell them. Be able to get away with that in college. Preach, man. Preach. You're on it today. I love it. I love it. Well, it's it's factual. It's reality. Perception it is. is reality. <laughs> that is the truth. Anthony, good stuff as always. You take care, buddy. Guy's got a good show. Thank, Thank you. you. See, there you go. He, I mean, he nailed it. He did say he said cesspool a lot, which I found pretty that funny. That is hilarious. That is. I mean, he he was on it. He 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 knew exactly what he wanted to get. I, into. I would disagree. I don't think the Bengals are a cesspool. They're not as bad as some of those other yeah, franchises. No, no. They're bad. They, they create their own mess, um, but they, they are not as bad. Like, I don't put, as much as I poke fun at the Bengals, they, I don't think of, I don't put them in the same category as the Jets. Um, and the Giants are a weird franchise. I can't put them in that category. They've, they win Super yeah, Bowls. They, they, they win division titles. They've, they've had high highs in, like, Gettleman's right an idiot. Now. He's yes. a cesspool. He's the idiot. Ooh, he has the keys to the truck, though. And right. he's running them into the ground, though. That's yeah. the problem.
Like to be fair, he got, took Daniel Jones. They wouldn't have been any better off with Dwayne Haskins. So I don't like. What do you do if you're? But you know, just the other decisions as well. You know, you letting uh, free agents walk to teams that are in your own division and everything like that. It's just you know I, who was. I'm about to Google it to see who their GM was when they won the Super Bowls because it wasn't Gettleman. Coughlin wasn't making the decisions too, was he? No. But, I mean, you know, he had input, but... But either way. Yeah. But four five seven nine four six four. Let's go to... We bring Paul on. Paul, thanks yeah. for holding. You're up, sir. Yeah, how y'all doing today, Carlos? Good. How are you? Let's, what do you got for us today? I always repeat the how are you. No clue why, but let's go. Let's, let's, let me have it. Let me have it. I was totally disgusted with the Browns coaching offensive game plan yesterday. I think the uh I think that's what lost them the game more than anything because they played to the strength of the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is power off tackle runs. They didn't do no wide receiver sweeps, no double reverses, no misdirections, nothing. They didn't they didn't even get Odell into the floor of the game. And by the time he threw the, you know, by the time the game was over, they didn't have a, they looked like the same old Browns with no kind of creativity at all. I was really disgusted. I stopped watching that part of the game right after halftime because they didn't show me no emotion like they didn't even want to win the ball game. Paul, I got to disagree with you a little bit, man. Um, When they tried those, uh... When they try to get the little in and around going to OBJ, you really can't run those slow developing plays against a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers with speed on the edge. Like you got to hit them like right up the gut, like right off tackle. You can't like really run outside on them. That's why they really didn't bootleg Baker that much because of the edge rushers that the Pittsburgh Steelers have. You know they rolled them out twice, uh, no three times, and two of those times Baker got sandwiched by T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree. Okay, so if if that's their strength, the speed on the outside, what should the game plan be? Because the game plan they used yesterday did absolutely nothing. So if you saying in the rounds don't work, Mm-mm. they can't go up the middle, that won't work. They're, they're never going to be Pittsburgh from what you're saying. No, no, no. I'm saying you have to run off tackle. Like, that's the best bet. Like, those those are the type of plays that, you know, are our biggest challenge as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, like those are the simple plays that, you know, the New England Patriots run, and those are the plays that the Baltimore Ravens run. They don't run wide. They run straight up the middle because that's the only place that you can run because of the well, edge rushers on the team. straight up the middle yesterday and didn't get squat. Well, that's what happens. <laughs> I got nothing for you there. I was, I was trying. I was trying, but, I mean, you know. You don't have a scenario where we're going to beat any good team because – if we can't go outside because of the edge rushers, and we can't go inside, Baker can't throw downfield. Well, every where every 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 team doesn't have a defense like the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, in the NFL today, you know, uh, scoring twenty three points a game is is easy work. Uh, you know, they just put up what fifty points against. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, they just put up, what, 30 against uh, who was ranked the number one defense, the Colts. So I, I just think this is yeah, like a situation me, where an elite defense just dominated. Right, I don't I don't know how they rank those teams because I don't think Indianapolis is an elite team. They had a couple of good games. And I looked at the quad. I don't even call beating the Dallas Cowboys. I don't put the feather in my hat for that because they stink. You know, for me, you have to be one of the top 
NFL teams in the top. Well, you only can beat the team that's on your schedule. And when you put up 50 points on an NFL team, that's something to brag about, you know, in my not opinion. If Dallas, not if it's the Dallas Cowboys or the New York Jets. 50 or, in the NFL? I get the New York Jets, you should be able to do that. You should be able to do that Get the Giants, the Jets, uh, Dallas Cowboys, probably the Atlanta Falcons on, on, a, on a normal weekend. You should beat those teams. They stink. Especially with the talent that the Browns have on that offense and, and even the limited de- talent they have on defense. I agree with you, especially with how bad those teams are uh, in this particular year. The one thing that still kind of upset me yesterday, too, was they really, and it maybe it has something to do with the fact that they were down double digits within the first couple minutes of the game, but they, I mean, only 22 rush attempts the entire day. Like, that's, I mean, we talk about how they're the best run team in football, but yet they only ran the ball 22 times. Well, when you get down so fast, you got to start passing. I watch the Browns every week. They show me a lot of creativity to beat other teams, you know, plotting the weaknesses and stuff like that. But yesterday, they look just like they did last year. Run the ball up the middle, that don't work. Throw a couple of outside passes, that don't work. Let's roll over and get our asses whooped. Excuse me. Get our no, you're good. And go back to Cleveland. They, now, didn't show, they didn't show me no creativity to look like they wanted to beat. I mean, the, the coordinators didn't look like they were trying to have any kind of game plan to beat that team. Keep in mind, too, and Kevin, I know what you're saying about getting down early, but this comes to where Kevin Stefanski looked at, we talk about Baker and everyone else, Kevin Stefanski looked intimidated with his play calling against Pittsburgh because they were Absolutely. behind They were behind against the Colts and still stuck to the run game. They were behind uh, against the, the against Washington, and they stuck to the run game. They were behind, they've been behind in quite a few games this year, and they stuck to who they are. Yesterday, they got down early, and it's like they try. I mean, Baker didn't do himself any favors, but, I mean, they dropped him back a lot yesterday compared to how many times they um ran the ball. I know what you're saying, Kev, but again, you're down 10 nothing in the first two minutes. That's still a lot of time left in the game that you don't have to just resort to airing it out. I would have still pounded the ball, protected my quarterback from the hit, because number one, I don't think he should have started in the first place. He didn't look his normal self from the get-go. I never would have started him in the first place because he didn't look good. But even when you seen he wasn't having a good game, you still wanted him to make plays that he couldn't make. David Shaw says, and those defenses weren't the Steelers. We're very well aware of that. Okay. Paul. Paul. Okay, fellas. Good. Good. Paul, I got real, real, one real quick question for you. Is Baker right. the guy? Anybody right. could be the guy or any team if the coach and the offensive coordinator knows how to use his strength and stay away from his weaknesses. Like you said, he's not good at getting up to the line of scrimmage deciphering what the defense is throwing at him and going somewhere else. Once once he sees the defense, he drops back, and if they change the defense, he don't know how to check down to, oh, that's the defense. Are they playing cover two? Well, when they hike the ball, they're in man-to-man. What do I do now? I don't think he's grown enough to know, well, I thought they was in cover two. Now they're in man-to-man. I got to check down to another play. I think he still say, well, they're in cover two. So I got a throw in cover two, and it beat unchanged, and that's how they got the interception yesterday. Fair enough. Good stuff. Paul, thanks so much, man. Great hearing from you. Thanks for being patient on hold. Take care. All right, good stuff. Browns fans are a little upset today, and rightfully so. You keep asking the Bakers, the guy. It's hard. You can't defend it because it's like, okay, we make excuses for a lot of quarterbacks because we could sit there and say, oh, well, like for Burrow. Well, he doesn't have the offensive line. A.J. Green's not playing like his old self. You know, this just isn't a very good football team. Baker has no excuses. Mm. 
You know, last year. Hold I'll, on, real quick. This David says, if you were if you were aware of it, then quit coming up with the reasons why they didn't abandon the run before. David, Jesus, criminy man. Like seriously, like. The Browns, you could only take care of who you play in front of you. You were averaging 30 points. They were dominating every team that they played except the Ravens up until yesterday. And last week, everyone was talking about how the Colts, the number one defense in the NFL, the Browns took it to them, and it's still, uh, oh, well, the Colts just must not be that good. Then the Steelers put it to the Browns, and now it's like, oh, well, you see, you know, the, the Browns just, they're, they're pretend, they're pretend. You, David, you're a hater. You just, you look for every reason to hate on this team as opposed to, you know, when they do good, you find a reason why they're not really good. And then when they do bad, it's, see, I told you. That don't work that way. What were you going to say? Uh, just real quick, Jerry Reese was the GM of the Giants when they won the Super Bowls. Oh, yeah, we were uh, on that. Yeah, and then uh, secondly, uh, dang, what was I going to say? totally forgot. It's you whiffed? Good. We'll see in your moment? Yeah. We'll see in your moment? It happens. All right, folks, we'll be back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. More of the Justin Kinder Show with Kev Nash next. The Justin Kinner Show, live here on ESPN Dayton. Justin Kinder, Kev Nash, back with you here. Uh, I am going to respond to this, Kev. Shaw says, uh, do, do, do. where did it go? The Browns were down double digits by the time you got off the bus yesterday, and you're talking about running the ball. Come on. And then he goes on to take shots at a typical Ohio sports fan and blah, 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 blah. Talks about 3.4 yards of carry. Kev, I'm not sitting here saying that the run game was great yesterday. Nothing was great. Nothing about the Browns yesterday was great. There was nothing that the Browns could have done to win that game yesterday. The way the Steelers came out and just punched them right in the mouth. My point was, is that to abandon the run, you were talking about being down double digits so early. I mean, it was. In the first two minutes, they were down 10 nothing because of the pick six. They, you know, they held Pittsburgh to the field goal and then had the pick six. But to sit there and act like you just got to now drop back and pass the rest of the game because you're down 10 nothing in the first two minutes. I mean, Pittsburgh wasn't marching down the field and scoring every time. Right. Like, there was a strike early in that first half where, where Cleveland was actually getting a lot of stops and was actually getting the ball back. The problem was is Cleveland was then giving the ball right back a lot quicker. Like That's the annoying part about all this. So I said it was wrong to abandon the run so early and you know if you want to abandon the run in the second half because you know, you're running out of time then fine. But you were only down 10 nothing. If Baker on any of those drives they go down to kick a field goal and you're only down a touchdown you're only down a possession and no one's freaking out and panicking. Baker played a huge role in that loss yesterday. The offensive line was garbage. The receivers, I put zero blame on them. They had no role in yesterday's game because the receivers are a dependent position. You are very dependent on the quarterback and what he can do to give it to you. We've seen throughout the year that even though Baker's been flawed and limited, OBJ's Kevin Stefanski has been smart enough to find ways to get them involved in other ways. That has not been that was not the case yesterday. Kevin Stefanski looked intimidated. He looked shaken. He looked like he was rattled early on too. And when you continue to drop Baker back, knowing that his ribs were you know all cracked up the way that they were, and knowing that you're a running team, you're going away from what worked the first couple weeks. Now to David's point, he's trying to say Pittsburgh's a running you know run defense. They're going to take that away. First of all, if you look at the yards per carry for anyone, it's always less in the first quarter at the beginning than it is later in the game because you start to, you have to start to wear a team down eventually. You have to continue to run the ball down their throat. I was not saying for the Browns to sit there and run the ball every single down. Right. But they needed to run it more than what they absolutely did. You only ran the ball kept 22 times. 22 times. That's the problem. You don't have a quarterback. Now, again, if we're talking about a team like with Aaron Rodgers, by the way, when they got down to the Bucks early... I wouldn't be talking about them that way. I wouldn't say that, oh, they needed to stick to the run. 
You trust Aaron Rodgers that at any given time he can lead your team down the field and pass you to a scoring drive, right? Mm-hmm. That's not the case with Cleveland. So that was my point earlier about knowing your team, your team's strengths and weaknesses. And he put Baker in a position to fail, but so did that offensive line. Bottom line, 22 carries for 3.4 yards a carry down double digits. Yes, David, you are a math major and annoying as hell today. I mean, my goodness. you I don't know what you're trying to prove. I see the numbers. They're right in front of me. I see them. They are right in front of me. Who's, your, who's David's team? Uh, any team that we are rooting for, whoever they're playing, it seems. Okay. Because he hates Ohio teams, apparently. Oh. Let's go to the phone. Four five seven nine four six four. It's Justin Kinner show with Kev Nash here on a Monday. Uh, yesterday, the Cincinnati Bengals jump out to a you know Ooh. they're up fourteen nothing in the first quarter. They you know they get up to what twenty one nothing or whatever it was you know right off the bat. I mean they they jumped out on the Colts and I was like oh man here we go. There's gonna be that game where the Bengals kind of break out a little bit and then you know maybe not go on a playoff run. But, you know, they might get to that, you know, seven, eight win mark that I predict and you predict at the beginning. People think that I just like to hate on the Bengals. That's not necessarily true. I was picking them to win around the eight to nine win mark coming into the year. Um, so it's not like I'm a complete hater as far as the Bengals are concerned. I just was critical of that offensive line. But then it all went downhill from there. Zach Taylor should not be the head coach of this team. I'm surprised that every time we have um, someone that covers the Bengals on, like when I bring up that possibility of Zach Taylor, how much longer he has with this team, you ever notice every reporter that we have on, and by the way, they're all great. I love James Rapine, Jay Morrison. Uh, all the Bengals writers are great. I'm not taking a shot at them. But you ever notice their response is always like, yeah, I think he's fine. I don't think that he's the problem. There's a lot of issues with this team. First of all, any coach that's losing with the team, of course there's lots of issues. Like, there's not a coach out there. I've never seen an organization give a benefit of the doubt to a, to a head coach more than the Bengals do. Like, it's unbelievable. Can you? Yeah. Like, Jason Garrett with the Cowboys, maybe. Jason Garrett with the Cowboys got a lot of flack, but, I mean, he, they still won a lot of games. There's no winning going on. Are you paying attention? Or I'm you sorry. Have- I just caught some highlights from the game yesterday, the other game. Uh, I'm sorry. Back but, to you. Uh, yes, I believe that the Bengals do uh, have a lot of leeway. You know, they talk about how long Marvin Lewis was a tenure coach with the Bengals and everybody wanted him fired and everything like that, and they finally did eventually get rid of Marvin after years and years and years. But he was also a very successful coach for the Bengals. Um, and they moved on to young Zach Taylor. Um, I'm watching that game yesterday, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness, this is about to be the game. And I was more excited about talking about that game with you than the actual Steelers game because I was like, yo, the Bengals are about to blow the doors off the Colts. And it happened. A dropped interception. I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was Jackson who dropped the interception right in his hands that Phillip Rivers threw him when it was still 21-0. And anybody knows me, I am a stickler for dropped interceptions. And like I said on Friday, he's going to throw you one. Just catch it. You catch that. I'm not saying you take it back for a pick six. I'm not saying that you end up scoring on there, but you snuff the momentum. You know what happened on that drive? The Colts end up scoring on that drive. And that's where it started. You dropped that interception. And then the Colts came back and won. And it's very, it's got to be deflating for the Browns, Bengals for that game because you actually blow out an opponent and then going into a rivalry game against the Browns, you kind of will have momentum. But now that momentum's gone. That momentum is flushed down the toilet. Not only did you blow the lead, but, you know, your quarterback who started hitting the long ball yesterday was looking good until he wasn't looking good. A.J. Green was looking like the old A.J. Green until he basically ran out of gas. 
You know, he caught a tough fourth down catch on that last drive. He goes out. The very next play, Young Burrow throws an interception. So first thing that I was talking to Keith Byers about today over there at Leeds was, you know, he was mad at A.J. Green. He's like, he threw that interception because A.J. Green wasn't on the field. That's what Keith Byers told me. And I couldn't help. I couldn't say anything about it because I'm a big A.J. Green fan. But I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, man, it's week six, seven, whatever week it is. Your win ain't up to par yet. You're not ready to be out there for, I don't know, 70 snaps a game. It's the last drive of the game. We need you. And Joe Burrow throws an interception because you're not out there. That's that's disheartening for the Bengals, man. Very disheartening. Well, and, and keep in mind the thing, when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals team right now, yesterday Joe Burrow's stat line completed 25 of his 39 passes, uh, you know, for 313 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. You talked about that long ball, 67-yard uh, pass uh, to T. Higgins. That's the longest pass of the day for him, longest pass in the game. Uh, for either quarterback, A.J. Green had a 19-yard reception. Tyler Boyd had a 23-yard reception. So three. I'm going to round A.J. Green's up to a 20 just because it's at 19. So basically three um, three. Uh, different receivers, you know, ca- you know, catching a pass that's 20 yards or more. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the playmaking ability was there yesterday, as far as that's concerned. And then I'm, I'm also looking at too, like he didn't, uh, get, he got sacked twice yesterday. So it's a big difference between seven sacks and two. Uh, he was protected better than Baker Mayfield was yesterday. Uh, but we also know how the Colts don't have a pass rush. So we figured, like this stat line for Joe Burrow should have been a little better from a touchdowns perspective, from a scoring perspective. Joe Burrow, we knew was going to have time in the pocket. And the one thing I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt on is, oh, well, he just doesn't have weapons. Even if A.J. Green's not playing well, T. Higgins is no scrub. He's one of the best rookie-wide receivers in the league. Might be the, you know, the second-best wide receiver rookie-wise in the league. Uh, you know, you have Joe, you know Joe Mixon. You have Tyler Boyd. There is no excuse for Joe Burrow not being able to complete a lot of these, you know, having more scoring drives. Um, they, he wasn't hurried as much yesterday. He wasn't sacked as much yesterday. So while everyone's blaming Zach Taylor and others, if we want to sit here and uplift Joe Burrow and talk about him as if he's these MVP-level type quarterback that everyone's drooling over, you got to also be critical, too, when he doesn't convert in big-game situations. If we talk about how close these Bengals, this Bengals team has been in in close games. Well, how many opportunities has Burrow had mm-hmm. to be able to have those big-time moments of you know clutch performances of being able to lead your team to victory? People talk about that week one or the missed field goal. Well, it don't matter. The point is you lost. Uh, I see people making excuses for him earlier. Talking about the, I'm surprised know. he still have a job, Randy Bullock. He missed field goals yesterday as well. Like These are multiple games that you've missed field goals in the fourth quarter that would extend your team's lead or cut into the other team's lead. Um, so I'm surprised he still has a do- job. Mike Nugent, where are you? Like. I'll see. Here's more excuses. We're getting. He should have been upset at Floyd, who stopped in his route. Green just caught the big play. The play. Again. All mistakes. They're all mistakes. It doesn't matter. We don't, I don't, no one's doing that for Baker when his receivers make mistakes. You know, not yesterday. Yesterday was all Baker. A million and ten percent on Baker. But throughout the year. You know, this is what the stuff I talk about. I point out the hypocrisies and how everyone approaches this. They want to make excuses for some quarterbacks, and they just want to literally undress others. It doesn't work that way. Um, they've had many opportunities to have chances to win these games. They haven't been blown out every single week. Sure. So it's not like Joe Burrow hasn't had opportunities. And he's only a rookie, but if you want to sit there and talk about, oh, I mean, he doesn't play like a rookie, the poise, uh, you know, the control he has. Well, quarterbacks are poise and control win you football games. They don't almost win you football games. So I don't want to hear that. But the, the, the yesterday was a bad loss. Yesterday, yeah. So you have the two teams going into their matchup this weekend with the loss, two teams that feel absolutely deflated with the way that they lost. Which team feels 
more deflated? Which team should feel more down about themselves? Which which of the teams should feel more confident about themselves heading into this week's matchup than the other? Uh, I think the Bengals should. I think the Bengals should feel more confident because they were actually able to move the ball. Uh, um, the bank, the Browns. I think their confidence is more shaken because of how they had a winning streak, and a lot of was put on this game. You know, this is was a statement game for the Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers to say, "Hey, we're here to play too. We're not the doormat that we used to be, and everything like that." Um, and people look at the Browns as a playoff contender. Nobody's looking at the Bengals as a playoff contender. They're looking at them as a building up to be a playoff contender maybe next year. So I think the Bengals are more confident going into the game, not necessarily meaning they're going to win the game, but I think that they should have more confidence going into this game versus the Browns. They say, how's that an excuse? The wide receiver literally stopped. It's an excuse. Don't throw the interception. Don't throw the interception. It's an interception. Interceptions, interceptions. Baker, we don't like last year. The Browns led the league and dropped passes amongst receivers. We weren't sitting there saying, oh, man, look at all the incomplete passes he has. But, you know, all the incomplete. I was saying that, but the haters weren't. Shaw, you're a hater. You weren't saying that last year. <laughs> you weren't saying, you know, all the pressures on the Browns. I believe all the pressures on the Browns heading into this matchup because you don't want to be embarrassed against the Bengals team who's, you know, right now, again, talking about Zach Taylor earlier, you look at Shula, Shula, you know, he's being compared to that right now. Shula had a 5-17 and 17 record through the same amount of games that we are seeing right now from Zach Taylor, and he is 3-18-1. and 3-18-1 is Zach Taylor's record right now uh, as we currently sit here 22 games into his career. So it, it's just one of those where enough is enough, you know. How the hell is a wide receiver stopping his route on Burrow? How the hell is a receiver dropping a pass on Baker? We could, I could play this game all day, Shaw. You are a troll. You're a hypocrite. I, I mean, that's the bottom line. You're a hater. Browns hater. That's all it comes down to. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Bengals fans, yesterday, I know a lot of I mean, Bengals fans earlier on the feed said, don't talk to me about the Browns' disappointment. Bengals really felt the disappointment giving up the 21 nothing lead. Mm. Yeah, but you know, and the Colts had a little slow start to that game, but the Colts are who they are. They're 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 not going to win pretty. They didn't win pretty yesterday, but they got to win. It's a good Colts team, all right. And and the Bengals should feel good that you took it to a good Colts team. But at the end of the day, you lost a game you should have won. You have a twenty-one nothing lead. You got to win those. Uh, I understand, you know, when you're because they're going to get destroyed by the Steelers. Like you saw that yesterday. The whole time I'm watching that, I'm. By the way, it was a bad afternoon for me because while it's ten nothing early, the Browns, you know, down to the Steelers. I flipped the game over. It's twenty one nothing. Bengals <laughs> over Colts. I'm like, oh, tomorrow I was I was feeling a case of the Rona coming on today. Almost, I was like, oh, I might not come in. I might have to call off for the week. If, if the Bengals would have gone on to route the Colts a week after the Browns barely beat the Colts and get a huge win on the same weekend that the Browns got absolutely embarrassed, I would have I would have called in with the case of the Rona. <laughs> I would have gone into two-week quarantine. I mean, literally talked to nobody. But, you know, the only thing that made the the game yesterday a little better is the fact that, you know what? The the Bengals screwed it up. So it made yesterday a little bit easier (laughs) as soon as that goes. Uh, Don Roberts says it's always going to be the quarterback's fault no matter what, even the drops. DJ Kellekev says Bengals should be terrible up 21. Uh, Bengals should be terrible up 21, then nothing. So... Killer. There you go. We'll be back in a moment. Bengals fans, let's hear from you when we come back. Don't go anywhere. It's your turn. <laughs> Don't miss the Joe.
Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. Weekdays at 3 p.m. on Dayton's ESPN Radio, 1410 Wing AM. So you want to talk about all our... All right, and we are back. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on a Monday afternoon. Coming up immediately following our show, about 20 minutes from now, you'll have the Buckeye Roundtable. Excited for the Buckeye Roundtable, too, is well, it's officially kickoff week. Ohio State, Nebraska kickoff this Saturday, 12 noon, the kickoff, 1030, the network pregame, and you can catch all of that right here on Dayton's home of the Ohio State Buckeyes, 1410 ESPN Radio. Here, How about some Reds news? Cincinnati Reds announced that general manager Nick Kroll, uh, that GM Nick Kroll will run uh, the team's baseball operations. Again, this coming just a few weeks after at the time president of baseball operations for the Cincinnati Reds, Dick Williams announced that he was going to step aside, that the, the social media was too mean and he couldn't handle it. And I always said, hey, imagine uh, he was upset with the Cincinnati Inquirer article who called the Reds um, you know, exit from the playoffs embarrassing. And I said, imagine if you actually were a president of baseball operations for an organization that worked in a city with real media that actually did criticize their team. Because the only media in that city that actually legitly criticizes that team is who? The one time the Cincinnati Inquirer writes an article that's not, not not so praiseworthy of a team that nearly gets no hit in back-to-back games. I mean, come on now. Actually, it wasn't no hit. The Reds had plenty of hits. They had no runs. They had no runs uh, as far as that's concerned. But that is interesting. Nick Craw. I like Nick Craw. I've had him on the show a few times. Good guy. I don't really have a problem with the Reds front office. The only problem with the Reds front office I have is their uh, constant love affair that they have with David Bell, who they continue to praise, although can't argue the fact that he led them to the playoffs. But in a year that it wasn't a true year, we'll see how much weight that uh, carries, especially next year if the Reds are not able to keep Trevor Bauer uh, and what the kind of offseason moves that they will make. So Nick Kroll, he's going to have a lot of big decisions to make this coming up offseason, including how aggressive they're going to be in pursuing Trevor Bauer, uh, as well as addressing that offense. Because although on paper the offense looks good, there still are reports out that maybe the Reds having enough firepower in-house to maybe get a Francisco Lindor deal done. But again, if you do that, are you going to have enough money in-house to be able to keep him long-term? And especially the money that he's going to be asking you about. Speaking of money, tonight, or, you know, the World Series is going to be getting underway. That'll feature the Tampa Bay Rays and the L.A. Dodgers. The Dodgers uh, squeaking by the Atlanta Braves in Game 7. Uh, of, of course, the National League Championship Series there punches their ticket back to the World Series. The Dodgers... Always winning divisions, always getting in the playoffs, always making World Series runs, but they can never get the job done. Will they get it done against this Rays team? That's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be a tough stretch for them. This Rays team is tough to figure out. We know how good they are, but they don't have a lot of those sexy names on the roster. I found this uh, ESPN put out this uh, little graphic earlier today that I thought was interesting. If you look at the salaries for both the Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays. If you combine the salaries of Clayton Kershaw and Mookie Betts just for the 2020 season, the the salary for Clayton Kershaw and Mookie Betts rounds up to $26 million. The ta- and that's just two players. Clayton Kershaw and Mookie Betts, you combine those two players only they're ro- on the roster. You combine both of their contracts, it equals $26 million. You combine the entire Rays roster, they make $28 million. Kev, the team as a whole makes $2 million more than only two of the players combined on the, on the Dodgers and Clay Kershaw and Mookie Betts. How about that? How about that? That's I mean, I love those kind of stat lines, too. It always kind of debunks the small ball mentality. But, again, 
it's tough to build a World Series team if you don't have a good farm system. Like the Reds, I don't like their farm system. They've improved it, but it's not good enough to put them in position to be the Tampa Bay Rays. So when people say, well, look at the Rays. If they could do it, the Reds could do it. Well, maybe not. Maybe the Reds aren't structured the way the Rays are. The Reds don't have the scouts. And the Reds have good scouts. They don't have great scouts. They don't have a good farm system. If they ever do want to get to the Rays level, it's going to take some time. That's not one of those things that you just make a changing sweep in the offseason, and the next thing you know, boom, everything's better. There's a lot that can change, uh, that needs to change in Cincinnati as far as that's concerned, um, as, you know, as far as that goes. As far as the Browns are concerned, heading into this weekend, Kevin Stefanski, uh, he was commenting after the game and said earlier today to the media that if Baker Mayfield is healthy, he will be the Browns starter against the Bengals coming up this weekend. You, you tell me. You're showing off your mask and you're showing off how not to wear it live on camera. You know, it's a chin guard. How do I sound with it's a chin guard. guard? How do I sound? You sound muffled. Okay. You, sound, you, you sound muffled. How do yeah, I sound now? There you go. You sound, sound like you're not, uh, that you're not considering other people's safety. <laughs> you sound... Uh, How do you feel about that, Baker? Uh, about, about It's the Bengals. They'll be fine. Oh. There it is. They, I mean, look, the Bengals' defensive line... It's not the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it's not the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. I mean, look, no, you know, no reader. He's out for the year. That's one of their, you know, better off-season acquisitions in the off-season. Um, we'll see. Look, that that's not good. The way the Bengals performed yesterday was not good at all. Uh, one more thing about the Bengals: Who do you fault more, the offense for stop scoring points, or the defense for basically giving up the game? Uh, there, there's a lot on there. By the way, if I had to prioritize who I'm going to blame, Burrow's at the bottom. Look, I, I can put that on Burrow. Burrow did his part. He throws for 300-plus yards. I do believe he needed to, you know, you do need to step up and, and cap off some scoring drives. He has no, uh, it sounds like I'm beating up on him now. He has no excuses. You have weapons around you. You have Joe Mixon. I don't care if Joe Mixon's not performing. He did not perform yesterday. But it's the point that it doesn't matter if they don't perform or not. They didn't perform. And you have weapons and you're not getting it done. That's a problem. But this is on Zach Taylor. This team, like, how do you lose a team's motivation? How do you lose your team's drive and motivation when you're up 21 nothing? It's it's up to a, a coach for a young quarterback and a young you know quarterback-led offense. It's up to Zach Taylor to keep that team motivated and going. And don't tell me that it's all on the defense. The defense gave up a 21 nothing lead. But let's be clear. The defense did what the defense was supposed to yesterday because they are who they are. They're not good. The offense, you should have been able to keep that lead. If you get a 21 nothing lead on any team in the NFL, I guarantee you, you win 9 of every 10 of those, and I'm being... I, you should win 10 of every 10. Right, Kev? 21 nothing lead? Unless you're the Falcons? <laughs> See, you know, back in the day, you know, we played video games. You know, we played Madden. We used to play the 21 rule. If you get down 21, you got to give up the sticks. But I just think in today's NFL, 21-point lead isn't what it used to be. Especially, it was a 21-point lead in the first quarter. You know, it wasn't like a 21-point lead in the third quarter or fourth quarter. You know, there's ample time for you to come back, obviously, because we saw them come back. Um, I just really go back to that blown opportunity from whatever de defensive back it was who dropped that interception um, that Phillip Rivers gifted him because it was 21 nothing, and the Colts end up scoring on that drive, and that gave them life again. So I put a lot of this blame on the defense for not capitalizing on opportunities that were clearly in your hands that you dropped the interception. Like I said, it doesn't mean that you're going to take it back for a pick six and make it 28 nothing. doesn't mean that you know the offense is going to go down there and score a touchdown and make it 21 nothing. But when you drop interceptions, you basically give them second life, and then when you give – a quarterback, you know, I rag on Phillip Rivers because he isn't what he used to be, but if you give a guy with that much moxie and that much NFL experience, 
he's going to capitalize, and he did on that drive, and then ultimately that snowballed into the Colts winning the game. I put a ton of blame on the defense for not coming through in the clutch, man. You have plenty of opportunities to stop them and get that interception early in the game. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Who do you blame more for that game yesterday, as far as that's concerned, for the Cincinnati Bengals? The other thing I look at too, the Bengals give up about twenty five points a game. Kev twenty six. That's that's why I'm saying they did what they. That's who they are. That's what they give up. They carried their end. Uh, and it's not you know the Bengals are capable of putting up a lot of points, and they did early twenty one nothing. They jumped on them early. Mm-hmm. They couldn't close it out. Right now, the live NFL action, you have the Chiefs and the Bills. The Chiefs have a 7-3 to lead over the Bills. The Bills jumped out to a 3 nothing lead early. Keep in mind, the Bills kind of got exposed last week. I think a lot of people uh, kind of have soured on them a bit after they kind of got punched in the mouth last week against the Titans. Uh, the Titans got a big win only four days after getting the big win against the Bills on Tuesday night football. And the Bills come out and fire first against the Chiefs. But, of course, the explosive Chiefs offense, they respond as well. And the Chiefs... 4-1 after losing to the Raiders, uh, and they jump out early, and of course they're confident too. They just had Le'Veon Bell to this offensive attack. He's not playing today, correct? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think he just tweeted out, "I I can't wait" with a little heart emoji. So I think he's I don't think he's playing in tonight's game uh, as as far as that's concerned. Yeah, if that he was game, playing tonight, man, he's super smart to learn a whole new offense in two days. Well, <laughs> just tell him to here. I'm gonna hand the, put the ball in your belly and run. How about that? <laughs> Can you do that? Can you handle that? And by the way, if they dumbed it down and said, just run the ball the whole time, you know what? It's still probably more complex than what he was doing with the Jets, as far as that's concerned. All right. It's the Justin Kinner Show live with Kev Nash, as we talked about. We do have the Buckeye Roundtable show coming up here at 6 o'clock, and we'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Season is finally here. No, for real this time. ESPN 1410 Wing AM is Dayton's home of Theo. They're way too much fun over there. Oh, man. Wait till it gets on the Instagram. Finding the clips from yesterday. Yeah, man. Get, well, shout out the gram. You got to like, you know, what, what's the gram? <laughs> oh. I don't even use Instagram. Oh, you I should. do. I do. I go on little spurts where a couple weeks in a row, I'll just start putting where, everything where do you, What do you use? You're what? a Twitter guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll Well, I'm more Facebook now. I'll sit on Twitter. Then. I usually don't use Twitter too much anymore. I don't make a lot of friends on Twitter. <laughs> I get along better with people on Facebook than Twitter. But okay. I do have Twitter. I I'll tag Twitter. you. <laughs> You'll love this. You'll love this. All right, so uh, the lines are out for next week. Just something to keep in mind. A lot of big games next week. I don't know if this is a big game, but it's a big game around here. The Browns and the Bengals, 1 o'clock kickoff from Paul Brown Stadium coming up this Sunday. Cleveland is a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, over under at 52. The game of the year right now to this point, the Steelers and the Titans. Mm. Who's, who thinks favorite in that? Titans by three. So the Titans are at home. They are not the favorite. Oh. Pittsburgh is a one and a half point favorite at the Titans. Okay. That is a heavyweight matchup right there. Oh, I yeah. cannot wait. That's that's a good one. Man, uh, I am so upset that Devin Bush is out for the season, torn ACL yesterday in the second quarter versus the Browns. That's a devastating blow for our defense. Um, but you know, injuries are part of the game. Next man up, let's go. Can't wait. It's going to be a great game. 
a lot of big games next week uh, as far as that's concerned. Uh, you know, kind of go down the list. 49ers, Garoppolo making his return to New England. Niners at Patriots. New England, a three-point favorite there. Cam Newton and the Patriots took a step back yesterday. But Cam, I think I read practice three times in the last 16 days, uh, you know, due to COVID-19. Should have been uh, on the Titans practice program. So, it should have been on the Alabamas. <laughs> Roll Tide, baby. Roll Tide. Rams and Bears next Monday night. Mm. Rams are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. The Bears are five-and-one. Yes, sir. I, I can't buy in. I need to. That defense is legit, I think. Yes. Yes. Khalil Mack is back. Well, you know. There you go. They are. He, they're good. I just Nick Foles. All they got to do is get to the postseason. You get Nick Foles to the postseason... Nick Foles puts his old Superman cape on, and you're good to go. Absolutely. All right, folks, the Buckeye Roundtable is coming up next. Buckeye fans, it's kickoff week. Ohio State, Nebraska, noon kick coming up on Saturday right here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Got quite a few Buckeye programs for you this week, including tonight's Buckeye Roundtable. Six to eight will highlight some of the top players from around the Miami Valley throughout the OHSAA state playoffs, plus get you set for Ohio State, Nebraska. On Thursday, the Ryan Day Coaches Show. That'll be at noon. Spend your lunch break uh, with the Ryan Day Coaches Show. Uh, and then, of course, you can hang out with us all week long here at the Justin Kinner Show with Kevin Nash from 3 to 6, right here on 1410 ESPN Radio. And then, of course, this Sunday, we bring back the Sunday morning tailgate show presented by Frickers, live from Frickers. Justin Kinner and Keith Byers. I'm reading it. Sorry, I am Justin Kinner, obviously. But myself <laughs> and Keith Byers, we will be live at Frickers on 741 by the Dayton Mall. The Sunday morning tailgate show presented by Frickers, live at Frickers, 741 by the Dayton Mall, 1130 a.m. We'll get you set uh, for that week's NFL game, NFL uh, Week 7 games. And we'll walk you right up to kickoff of the Browns and the Bengals, which you can watch live out at Frickers this Sunday. The Bills are up 10-7 over the Chiefs. Monday night football action, doubleheader. The Cowboys and the Cardinals will kick off later on tonight. Until tomorrow, it's been the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on Dayton's ESPN Radio Station 1410 Wing AM.